On this episode of Quantum Week, January 6th through 12th, 1991. Welcome to Quantum Week. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leap into a random week of a random year and we talk about movies, music, headlines, stories. We're in January 1991 and we're talking Home Alone and Justify My Love by Madonna. Do we have any uh, news or items we need to cover before we get into Home Alone? Let me get right into Home Alone. Okay. Um, it's a big movie. It is a big movie. Yeah, it was like the second, what they call it, the second biggest um Christmas movie, I think, of all time. No, at the time. So when this, at the time when this left theaters, yeah, this was the third biggest movie ever. That seems crazy because maybe it's just because it's adjusted for inflation, but it was only four hundred million or something. It's a lot of money. I know it's a lot of money, but <laughs> but now lot. but we're in the era of like billion dollar movies. Yeah, all the whole thing's changed. I mean, the movie tickets prices went way up and everything. Else. Yeah, I mean, that's a. It, this was a. This was number one for twelve weeks in a row. Yeah, it's nuts. That's why I'm surprised it took us this long to hit this movie. Yeah. This movie was a behemoth. Yeah. Doesn't sound like you liked it though. Um, I, no, I don't really like it. I think it's boring mostly. I think it's boring, far fetched. There's a few things I like about it, but it's not funny. Uh, there's like, there's, there's, not, there's <laughs> nothing about it. buried again. This is incredible. What, how do you feel about the movie? You uh, like it? I, I actually like this movie, but it is a movie that frustrates me quite a bit. Yeah. Um, because I really enjoy elements of it and then I really dislike elements of it. I felt this way since the day I saw it when I was 10 years old or yeah. 11 years old or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I remember walking out of the theater feeling the same exact way I felt after I was watching it last night. Um, I really like the stuff where he's home alone. I really like the stuff with the parents and the family. I really enjoy yes. all of those facets. I really do not like the Red Bandit stuff. It's stupid. Yeah. And it's, it's a shame. Fucking stupid. And it's out of place and it's not needed. No, and it's actually, it's not that, it's only like 15 minutes. You it's could have not, done something else. Right. It's only, it's not even the whole third act. It's really just the right. back end of the third act. Um, it's just, I, I mean, I get, I get why they did it. They wanted to make this, they wanted to give like a little life to, for kids to watch this. It's, yeah. But my favorite moments, even as a kid watching it, well, my favorite moment in this movie by far, I think is the, uh, is uh, the angels with, Dirty faces, whatever it is. Thing. Angels with dirty with minds or something. Souls. Dirty or souls. Filthy like faces or yeah, yeah. whatever it was. Anyway, the pizza, the pizza delivery guy who goes to the house, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, keep the change to fill the animal is such a funny bit. That, that is, is pretty funny. So funny. I remember I was in Stitches the first time I saw it. I was, if you're a little kid seeing that, it's hard. Yeah, that is it's funny. Hard. It might be the funniest thing I saw as a kid uh, for being a little kid. That just, that just made me laugh so hard. And then he, I was even laughing watching it. I was laughing out loud watching it again last night. Ah, it's kind of a simple take. But but the thing I really liked about it is is the pizza guy was great, too. Like, he's so good. I love the setup, too, where he hits the statue he twice. He a simple take to laugh out loud he watching hits, that? Yes, he hits the Why statue. Why a simple take? I mean, now you're an adult. I mean, come it's on. It's funny. Come on, you're an adult. It's funny. No, but the setup, he hits the statue, knocks it over, goes in, tries to get paid, comes his- back, Hits the statue again, goes back. He's slipping all over the places. He's trying to run, run. He's like diving into the bushes. It's, a funny it's, bit. it's pretty good. I mean, it's not laugh out loud funny, but it's like uh, it's a you light chuckle music. Dumbest shit. You watch? You think The Rock like is what? this great entertainer? The Rock is this, like he's you my favorite entertainer. I said things. he's amusing. God, <laughs> it's Godzilla a little bit versus different. Kong. And you think? Well, I like, watch that so you don't have to. I mean, that's a piece I would of not shit. Have, you don't believe me. Don't. 
That's okay. You can do I'm actually, you want. I'm surprised Mortal Kombat didn't come up on the last episode. Ooh. You watched that? Yeah. We, so yes. you like watch these idiotic oh, things. Oh man, it's so no, bad too. Then, it was so bad. No shit, man. It sucks. I don't uh, know. I don't what know, did you think it was going to be? I don't know. I just, I was just like, whatever. I was drawn. I was tired on the couch and just whatever. But then you think the it's a bad take to like laugh at home alone, which has well, some like legitimately funny moments. I mean, I authentically did not laugh. I mean, if you authentically Wait. laughed at that part, then that's fine. A little simple, but it's fine. It's simple. What's simple it's a little about it? It's a funny bit. They do. They did a really good job. It's a really good setup because he's watching the movie ahead of time. Yeah, but it's not like laugh. I, I wouldn't laugh. Like I just internally like. Did you <laughs> laugh at all watching Home Alone? Uh, there's probably stupidly when the paint can hit Pesci in the face. Oh God, that's a simple take. I know, but for some reason that got me. But but the rest of it, I was like, this is this is fine. This is fine. This is fine. I no, really like this. There's stuff. a few things I enjoy. The first act of the movie with the stuff when the fan when yeah. is still in the house. Yeah, yeah. That, even before they leave for Paris. It's some it's some really good stuff. I really kind of like they show like basically I know he's I guess the youngest, but whatever, but like whatever he like the middle child syndrome. It's kind of what he's going through. He's kind Absolutely. of like caught between um he you know, he's he 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 always kind of loses out. Like, you know, he's too too old to be really cute right. and, and to be a little kid, but he's too young to hang out with Buzz and, and that whole group, and he's just kind of caught. And I think a lot of people feel that way. Everyone kind of has I'm sure has felt that way once in their life. Yeah. And I like how he he talks back to his mom and he's fresh. He's not really in that moment, at least, he's not really, like, super lovable or cuddly. He's kind of an annoying kid. Yeah, and that's normal. And that's totally normal. Right. And, like, you buy it. And, uh, Particularly when you're not getting a lot of attention, there's a shit ton of people in your house. Right. Yeah. And it's like, and obviously Christmas comes up, so you're probably excited for that. So you're all hopped up. You're hopped up because, like, the family's there. But then you're also annoyed because you're being displaced. You have this big vacation you're going on to Paris, which says that the kids really kind of almost don't want to really go Yeah, why to. would they want, they're just going to hang out in an apartment in Paris. Like, they're not going to, who cares about the Louvre? Like, they don't yeah, care. Yeah, they don't care, shit. right? Yeah. So, uh, so I, I really thought it tackled all this. And Catherine O'Hara is the best she part of the movie. She is the best part of the movie. I was going to bring that up. Yeah, she is awesome. Um, which I mean, I really me, like her. People would typically say Macaulay Culkin, but I think Catherine oh, I don't Harris think so. is the best part of this movie. No, uh, she's the best part. The second best part is John Candy in his limited role, of course, because he's fucking awesome and everything. And Macaulay's pretty good. I mean, he doesn't... That's the thing. It's like we've seen some really awesome child performances, yes. and it just doesn't stack up. Like, he's just not as good. He's certainly charismatic, well, it's but it's not... He's not as authentic. Like, well, he's not a good of an actor. So, like, we no. saw The Sixth Sense, and... yeah. Me and you, especially me, I was really like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get why Haley Joel Osment's not still yep. an actor. Like he's really talented. He's a really good actor. Take away the child part of it. He was a legitimately, he was great, legitimately great performance there. Yeah. Um, but Macaulay Culkin, you can easily see why he never translated. Yeah, he's just kind of a ham. He, you're right. He just says he's really good at saying like cutesy lines and like mugging for the camera. Right. And it's really hard to act on your, like to be. I mean, we saw it with Tom Hanks. Well, we haven't covered it, but we both have seen Castaway. Yeah. Um, you know, you, to act by yourself is really challenging. Like, you have no one to play off of. And he spends a lot of this movie by himself. He had to really carry this movie. It's really hard. Yeah, it's really hard. And uh, he pulls it off. And he's, re- I think he's quite good in this movie. But you can see the ceiling there is so, yeah. it's compared to like Haley Joel Osment, the ceiling is so narrow. A lot it's lower. So short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, I give him credit for doing you know, he's a, he's a kid. He's just a child. Like, yeah. I give him a lot of credit for it, but it's not, you know, if I'm objective about it, he's, he's pretty good. He's not, he's not off the charts. I think he's really good for what this movie's asking him to do. Yeah. But you can see though, like that's a pretty narrow prism. Like once you go beyond that, there's not, because I remember, like, so I, you, I'm sure you remember it too. Like, Macaulay Culkin was a sens- it wasn't he was like a sensation. He was like he was a huge. He was one of like, yeah. the five most famous people in the in the country. 
Yes. Like, uh, well, you know, uh, well, I was just about to say he was hanging out with the top music stars at the time, but then I remembered who that Michael was. Michael Jackson. Was right. probably, but, like, but, but still, but, like he was in that he, no, stratosphere. Like, he was right. He was yeah. just a mega huge superstar. Huge, he huge was top lining movies left and right. But then like that peak was like two years. Yeah, it he really does, like, was. My girl. He did um, like the Good Son, and that was kind of the yeah, end. That was of it. it. Like yeah. and then, obviously, his Home Alone too, and Uncle Buck before this. I don't count that though. I'm you don't count it. Well, I mean, I, I, he, oh, because before I'm that was before Strasbourg. Yeah, I see. I see. He was a megastar for like two years. It's a yeah. really small window. It does feel longer than that. It does. Yeah, when you look back, because he he worked. He did a lot. He did like seven movies in like three years. Jesus. Um, some of them nobody Ugh. really saw. But he did like Richie Rich, which was uh, I didn't see it. It, it kind of like borderline lost money. Did, you know, and then he does a Ted Dancing movie, which which lost money. What? I don't uh, know what that was. I think it was called. Um, and I did then, see My Girl. He did Michael, which made a shit lot of money. That's when yeah. he was like, he was top lining movies yeah. like that. Um, and he did the good zone with Elijah Wood, which he plays kind of a bad guy. I think I he saw play, that. He's in kind of, he plays the bad, right? The bad, like a bad kid. Uh, and, um, that movie, uh, made money, but like you could start to see the cracks there. Plus, was, I think it was rated R. Um, so that's, it, that's tough. Yeah. That's, that so doesn't, same audience. And then he did like a cartoon called The Page Master. It's half cartoon, half mm. live action. That tanked. He did a, um, The Nutcracker, which he trained to play. And that movie completely tanked. So he made some really like bad choices. And then he also just got older. And yeah. then like the idea of just like mugging to the camera and saying cutesy lines like doesn't work. You can't do this as a teenager and you no. really can't do it as an adult. No. I know he's done some stuff as an adult. He's in, he's going to be in the new, like was it American horror stories series that's on oh, cable. Yeah. It's been on forever. Uh, uh, I guess he's going to do one of those, which they, 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 they do okay ratings wise. So. Yeah. But it's a campy, you know, yeah. so he can kind of do that, I think, but I don't like, he's not, he's not a legitimately a good actor. No. And he I probably so. never was. No, and that's that is a huge tough. That's a tough ask. At least you know, in Sixth Sense, you got Bruce Willis there too, just in case. Like it didn't, you right. know, didn't need him, but and even yeah, and like Olivia Williams yeah, and, and the rest of the cast, tons and of Tony Collette, obviously, is, right? You know, right. But I, but with this movie, um, obviously, entirely different type of film. So you you know you have to look at it a little differently. Yes. Um, but he he does what is asked of him quite well. But Catherine O'Hara, I'm so impressed with every time i watch this movie she's great because she's a comedian first she's from sctv we obviously see her in beetlejuice is this kind of wild character yeah and this she completely dials all of it down and just becomes almost like a dramatic actress playing this mom who wants to who feels terribly about not being able to have her kid with her yeah like she, it's it's a really realistic performance it grounds the movie it really does and it's the best part of the movie yep it is yeah when you see her make the realization on the plane it's like totally authentic and her like panic in the airport absolutely and like you you feel like which like, yeah you're, and and i think I, I know some critics have blasted this movie a little bit for how they get there for him being home alone i i actually think they it's it's done really well like yeah you have the telephone line you have to have a telephone lines down you have to or else the movie just it, it won't work the but, beginning makes sense but then it doesn't then it does not make sense there's no way he's walking to the store there's no way there's no way a kid of that age being left alone thinking his family's gone would not go to the police and would not talk to an adult and say like would not be oh, scared I, I, I don't think so oh I, yes I think they the would kid be more scared yeah he'd be scared and he'd but talk to an adult you no. but uh, well, part they of, want comfort well here's the difference this movie was made in 1990 Back then, I was left alone, obviously, for that Not long. For I would days. walk to the store, but nowadays you yeah. would never see an eight-year-old you would walk never to the store. So in 2020, you're right. It would completely not work. But 1990, kid, I walked to the store myself 
I know. But what I'm saying is, so yeah, I did the same thing in second grade. I remember biking around yeah. multiple, multiple neighborhoods. No, you wouldn't see that now. But, but being left overnight, there's no, no kid no, in no. hell. There's no kid. But he, but in his mind, he's a little kid and he did wish this and maybe he thought it came true. And he, he, One night he'd be freaked. It, I don't. I just don't buy it. I do not buy three days or whatever. I, I think it's almost scarier for a kid to reach out to the cops. That's kind of like that's kind of <sighs> scary. The one check mark on your side of this is that the first cop that he sees is Joe Pesci, and then he sees him later on, and right? Like, impersonating a cop. So I could see that, but I can't believe he wouldn't have talked. He has neighbors, not Marley. With that whole thing, pissed me off too. Um, which we'll get to. You old man with the shovel. Yes. Yeah, yes. Right. Um, what is this like? Bottoms rubbers or something yeah, no. he's, a weird name, <laughs> he's yeah. like robert's blossom is yeah. his name. that's a funny name he's it, good it's a strange but anyway but there are other neighbors home like he could have gone he would have known well, his neighbors tried to make it seem like there weren't neighbors home there which, were though which i'm like because he walked it, by a party uh macaulay calkin walked by a party it wasn't that far away it was in his neighborhood mm, yeah. yeah and and like it's a rich, 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 rich neighborhood. Yeah, right. You know, I mean, not everyone's going to leave town. A lot of people have their those rich neighborhoods. A lot of people. That's where everyone kind of congregates exactly. for Christmas. So Giant like, house. You go to the nicest house, right? So yeah, I, I don't, I don't. Know. But you know what? Hey, it's it's a. I know. I'm kind of okay with some of those things because the, you have to, if that if the whole movie is called Home Alone, if that's the that's the you got to get him Home Alone. We have to get him Home Alone, and I think it does a pretty decent job. I like how the you know Catherine Harris and Macaulay Culkin have the fight. She has him upstairs. Yep. And then you know they get up late. They count the wrong we've kid. All, we've all been in that situation where the yes. alarm power goes off and you wake up in a panic and you're rushing out and they have a fight to catch. Like yes. I totally buy how they left him Home Alone. Like I think that's really well done. I think it's really well shot by Chris Columbus. Yeah. The airplane scenes and the uh, the airport scenes excuse me and the um church scene are directed by someone who's like shouldn't be directing a family film like this like they're mm. they're they're too talented to be doing something like this um but then the rest of it's pretty shot but it adds a nice between that and john williams score yeah it, it adds a nice little bit of class to of typical family movie that i think and Catherine harris performance and oh, john yeah. handy yeah, yeah and john heard too like those performances like elevate this to a better movie than maybe it should be. Maybe that's why it's been so successful and lasted for so long. Could have been. I mean, yeah, you're right. There is a lot of uh, um, acting talent there. Did you say John Hurt? Is that the husband? That's the, the dad, yeah. The dad. He's good, too. He's just not in a lot. He's, uh, he is, right. Uh, so he's also in season one of Sopranos. He plays oh, yeah. Macazian, yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of a, a bad cop. Uh, and um, he's very good in that. Uh, I think he's really good. In that. I think he's... I, I like how they show the mom and dad reaction to it, and they don't ever... It's not done to a commercial level of ridiculous. It's like, oh, well, you're the mom and you're the, like, they never no. have to explain their roles, but they, I, they react. I believe how like the dad's like, all right, it's probably going to be okay. It's it, yeah, this is fucked up, but we'll, we'll work it out. Yeah. And trying to fix the problem. The mom's just like, oh my God, like panic. Like that's my baby. And I think that's a pretty real reaction to something like this. And neither parent's wrong. Like they both have the right reason to sure. feel that way. Yeah. And I like, I really like the relationship between those two yep. and how they react to it. I'm like, oh, the, all this stuff. And the, Macaulay Culkin, the grocery store, all of those scenes that are like quiet, grounded scenes. That's the best parts. Best I parts love of the those scenes. And they yeah. really make this movie. I'm going to end up recommending this movie. Like, I think it's, I think for what it is, it's a good movie. It's a, it's not, it, it's not the greatest family film of all time, no. but it's for what it's doing. It's pretty good. The rock, the wet banded scenes. Oh, 
really very frustrating really uh, really bring the movie down which, which which sucks not only is it just that they're implausible because they totally are uh, from many levels like the the traps themselves are ridiculous the zip line no self-respecting humans would go out on that zip line i mean and i don't think he has the strength to cut that line did you see that damn rope and it didn't make sense. They, no, they gonna, no, I mean, that, that, I mean, you could go through any of these okay, things. All, and, right. all, I mean, it's all of it. It's ridiculous. Be- I mean, besides the paint, paint can in the face. That was the only one that was probable. Yes. Right. <laughs> but like the thing on the doorknob. Yeah, that's like, not going to happen. It's insane. It, like, all the kid, it's no just, kid's going to do these things. Yeah, or the, no, or the, uh, I mean, the BB gun to the face. That made sense when they were first sure. trying to come in. You shoot them in the nuts. That Actually, that did make me laugh, too, when Joe Pushy. You like you like, you're I like that, a, that's your kind of humor. So, yeah. so I'm, I'm simple for laughing at a pretty well choreographed scene eh. that's set up ahead of time that's pre- pretty funny. And you but you're not simple for laughing at someone getting a shot in the nuts which is pretty stupid no i think uh, i don't i don't think so at all <laughs> you, you just watch america's funny some videos and you're just laughing no. did i ever wa- yeah i did watch that did you watch that growing up i mean i watched it my, yeah my I mean, yeah not i not out of joy my parents would like have it on i think that's what, how i watched it too. Yeah, i sat there my arms crossed annoyed well you didn't find you didn't you didn't get pesci in the ball you didn't think that was funny no it's not funny to me man. sorry not at all no it's like the hangover baby getting hit by the door that made me laugh no that's funny what's the because I, I haven't seen unexpected. a baby hit in the door but i've seen a lot of people get in the nuts not with the bb gun and that no yeah, no no all right fine it doesn't matter but like that made sense that he would shoot, shoot i agree the guy in the right. face or shoot the guy yes. you know that that's all fine but all the tar, the tar and the fucking none of that none none of and that. that's nothing against pesci or daniel stern who are both really good actors especially pesci's a great actor obviously but yes. you know uh, stern's pretty stern's good. good too yeah um it, there's no no one could have said. I mean, if Joe Pesci couldn't say this, and no one could. Like it was just. No, I'm not blaming just them. The way it's written. Although I do have a hard time watching Pesci in this role. It's have a hard, um, Not only that, like I was thinking about the Lethal Weapons, where he's the okay, 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 that guy yeah, yeah, too. Yeah. I just don't like it when Pesci is the fucking brunt of the joke. I mean, to me, Pesci's the guy who fucking slams people with phones. When I don't like watching it, like, like this. He also did another movie in 1990, a little movie you, you may have heard of called Goodfellas. <laughs> so think about that year he had. <laughs> no, like, and the funny I thing don't is, get this guy. So Home Alone makes 10 times for every oh, dollar shit. Goodfellas made <laughs> in the box office. Home Alone made 10. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yes. So Pesci won an Oscar this year. That's right. But not for Home Alone. Obviously, no. But it, for Goodfellas. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't like, I, I have a hard time seeing Pesci in these roles. I just, I don't, I don't like when he's the little troll guy who gets who gets who's the brunt of the joke i don't like that i like it when he's the aggressor um yeah i just don't like when he i mean i just don't like when good actors do movies that are beneath them. but i'm i actually don't even want to say this is beneath him because catherine O'Hara. i mean pesci's a better actor than catherine O'Hara, but character's uh, different though but i get my other i guess the thing is like if pesci was i i don't mind someone doing comedy as long as it's done well like, oh agreed this just the role that particular element of this movie is the weakest part and it's just frustrating to see a talented actor like basically be like going to the three stooges like for 20 minutes and like it's just not it's also like the stooges can be funny because how it's set up and kind of what you're walking into and and how they react to things like sure having like these stunts that no eight-year-old could do and then how the eight-year-old like mugged the camera and like you know say something cutesy it's yeah just like, yeah after you've just enjoyed i for myself at least i've just enjoyed say 60 minutes of this movie quite a bit 70 minutes of this movie i'm like oh i'm really enjoying this and this is, i'm like this is like a b plus movie yeah and then um to have this stuff just like it just takes the legs out of it every time i watch a movie i'm always frustrated by it it I, is I frustrating probably shouldn't care anymore about it but it just 
annoys me. Do you think it needed some sort of crux point though? Did it need something? I mean, if it weren't the, if it weren't this, you know, these it's goofy, right? Goofy, yeah, yeah. Ha, right. Burglar thing. Like, is there something, some other crisis? Maybe him and Marley, maybe the next door neighbor or something, finally get to a, a bond point. Which that actually that pissed me off. Um, Why? Well. But Marley wouldn't have been that mean to him in the in the convenience store. Well, there was no why, real why reason this for that. Old guy to, so I have a theory on that. So right. So why isn't it, why is this old guy just staring at him and never talking to him? Right. So I'm guessing you're seeing a lot. And actually, every time Marley is shot, it, when he's scary, you're looking at it from Macaulay Culkin's point of view. Oh yeah, you're looking up. So I'm guessing like I'm probably giving them way more than they deserve here in this one. But I think you're seeing it from uh, Macaulay Culkin's point of view, which is that the guy probably stares at him quickly. But when you're a little kid, it's like you're really making mountains out of molehills and that's kind of what they're yes. trying to show. Yeah, maybe. Which I don't have a problem with. We, uh, So when I was a kid growing up in New York, there was a, I don't know if I told a story on the show before, but there was a white house in the corner and we were convinced a witch lived there. Yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah, and it was just some like some old lady who had cancer. Oh. And, um, but we were just convinced she was a witch because like word had gotten around, like I don't even know where yeah. it started from. Yeah, it's just rumor. Probably kids older than us and she just didn't leave her house very much so then the story just like got bigger and bigger but like she was like a nice lady. My mom was like, no, like, one day I'm like, mom, mom, you know, I asked him like, you know, do you know her name but the witch of the corner? I was like, no, that lady's a nice lady. Witch? She's sick. Like, that's why sometimes she's dressed in maybe odd garb, whatever. Like, right. Had, had like bandana a, on or something. Right. I don't know, right. To cover her head or whatever. But like, she's not a witch at all. But like, but uh, so I can like, I probably have a bit more like, <sighs> I see that. I was just fine with some of those things. I was just fine by, you know, the, all the neighborhood kids were probably just pointing, staring and snickering at Marley for a long time. And so therefore he's got a kind of a negative opinion of them but then when he sees macaulay Culkin in church it's kind of I like, like that scene too no i like that scene as well yeah. i just didn't like you go from hate to you know very comfortable well, and maybe, nice well, maybe, in like two seconds and that would explain kind of my theory of like are you seeing it from his perspective which is like all right and then it, yeah i guess those walls kind of come down when he comes over to him and and talks to him and i like that scene and me I, too i i really I, outside of the burglar stuff this is a b plus movie to me i think this is a I think this is a really good family Christmas movie. This is, this does what it sets out to do really well with some surprisingly interesting things that you wouldn't expect. I can give it that. I don't know that I would say a B plus other than the wet banded stuff, but probably B. Probably B. So where are you going to leave it then? I'm going to leave this as a B. As I'm giving this. This a B. is borderline CC plus. Oh, no. Well, you knew it had to be. I mean, I'm not sure. I think oh. I'll. I probably will recommend it. I probably will. I just think. So you are going to recommend this. I we're like right on the, we're on the borderline here we're, we're madonna here we're so borderline. what if someone said uh matt should i i've never seen the movie home alone i don't know how you've whatever <laughs> i'm coming out of my cave i'm coming from planet carano i've never seen home alone <laughs> what should i watch this movie i'd be like do you have kids and if the answer is yes i'd probably say yeah watch it with your kids it's what fine. do they say no you're an adult. Do adult things. Come on. Oh, like watch Mortal Kombat? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like an idiot. It's so bad. Um, it's so- I would recommend even people who don't have kids watch this. Part of it is because it's in the zeitgeist. You know, just maybe around the holidays. That's like a- maybe contextually. So that's my thing with it. And this is where I want to get the movie like a huge check mark here. Yeah. So a lot of people like this is their Christmas tradition. Like my Christmas tradition movie is It's a Wonderful Life. Of course. And a lot of people are like, it's Home Alone. And I think Home Alone is a great one to have because, you know, think of, the title says it all. It's a very much like, it's a 
the kids home alone. Yeah. So, you know, you, if you've watched movies with family, I'm sure we all have like people, you know, especially like large groups that maybe haven't seen each other in a while. People are talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and you know, people get up to go to the bathroom. There's always like chaos. You can't just, like, when I watch a movie at home, I show the lights off. I yeah, just sit get the and, fuck like, away. Yeah. Watch it. That's right. I don't like anyone talking. You know, it's just watch it. Uh, luckily, Lars is the same way. So it's watching a movie. It's just really quiet and house watch a movie. Perfect. But like families, you can't control that. You have all people over. No. And you know, people tune in out and like, but you can kind of pop in a home at any moment and you get what's going on and you can, and, but you also still will be entertained. It's still some funny stuff there. Like, you know, having, like I said, having him go to the store and get, that's funny. Or having the, the, uh, keep the change you filthy animal. Like that stuff's funny. The stuff, you know, the, the first half hour is funny stuff with, you know, so yeah, popping out really easily. Um, it's very much like comfort food, you know, even watching it again this time, I was like, all right, oh, it's John Hurd and Catherine Harris. It's like fun to kind of get back with these people again and like, you know, see Macaulay Culkin be cute again. It's like, oh, it's just, I, I, it's mostly identifiable. Like most, is. mostly you can relate and to Everyone it. can relate to it. Right. Everyone, yeah. Everyone's been a kid. Everyone's been home alone. Right. Everyone's thought about what it would be like when they were little kids being, having their parents. So like whether you're eight or 88, like it, you can see why this movie made so much money. Oh yeah. Like, you know, you think on Anybody paper, like if you just market this right, this could blow up and yeah, cause it's just, it's just so relatable. It is. Yeah. And I think it's a really good holiday tradition movie for families to get together and watch. Like that's a, that's a solid one. It's not just the wet bandit stuff, even though, well, okay. It is the wet bandit stuff, but even before that, like there, so I forget that we were with him. We were with them that much. Like they're all, they're already ransacking another house. And then there's the mannequin scene too with, oh, it's just like, where does he get those mannequins? Where does he get those fucking mannequins? I wish they didn't need to make Kevin so smart. Cause I like Kevin McAllister when he's just a regular kid. Yeah. You know, like when he's fighting with his mom or when he's like, you know, Goes into his big brother's room and tries to, you know, knock climb the, the shelves, shelves down. And, yeah. and looks at like, you know, looking look through pornos <laughs> and looking like, at like, gross. Yeah. And like his reaction yeah. to that and like, you know, getting money and going to the store and trying to figure out like how to, that stuff to me is That's really good. Interesting. Right. And Macaulay Culkin, considering he's, you know, some of those scenes, he, if when he doesn't have anything to say, he's acting, I think, pretty authentically. Like it's, it's pretty solid stuff. He's pretty good. And I, I could have done a, and so, like, that's the question you asked earlier. Is like, do they need it? Do they need these robbers? Do they need this element? They didn't. I know for me, when I watched this movie, I remember exactly where it was when I saw it. I remember exactly how I felt when I left the theaters. I remember exactly complaining to my parents about it. I'm like, oh, I like that movie until the robber stuff. Like, mm. so I, as a 10 year old, didn't need it. I, I know like four and five year olds probably see that stuff and laugh because it's that kind of humor is right sure. alley. But like, I think, I don't know. Did you need, have Kevin do something else interesting. There must have been something else you can have a kid that's home alone do that's fun. There are plenty. Is it was it, what was it? Uh, was it was it Mr. Mom that we saw? Mr. With, Mom also written by John Hughes. Right, it's a similar situation where you know the domestic stuff is actually interesting. Yes, but we didn't need any of the exterior stuff right. to like push it along. Like we, we didn't need that. They, you could have made this movie twenty minutes shorter too. That's yeah. It's a hundred minutes. You could have made it eighty minutes. Yeah, sure. And you know, get in, get out. Um, you know, and then you get rid of the wet bandit stuff. I, I mean, I. I I just think the way it's, it's just a shame. It, the movie screeches to a halt anytime they come on the screen. But it's just funny. Like I think the New York Times reviewed this movie and they liked the wet bandit stuff. Did they really? And didn't like the other oh, stuff. No. Like, how do you have that take? No, that's a dumb take. Ebro was pretty right on. He did give it two and a half stars, which yep. I thought. I guess I'm I'm similar. I, 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 I felt it, like I that was a, three if I had a star system. Ooh, three. That yeah, seems. It does a lot of things right. It's it's a really enjoyable movie for most of it. It's eminently rewatchable 
Yeah, so Ebert says, and they're the kinds of traps that any eight-year-old could devise if he had a budget of tens of thousands of dollars and the assistance of a crew of movie special effects people. It's like, exactly. It's a shame. It's a shame. He said the same thing. He needed to, like, do that to this character that on his own is really charming and interesting and funny and gets the job done. Is Macaulay Culkin the greatest actor ever? No, we talked about that. But for what this movie is asking him to do, he's hitting double after double off the wall it's it's working and they could have had more family stuff even more setup or or even you know the family trying to get back to him or or more of the the car ride back with uh um o'hara and uh so i have the same take but they couldn't do that why not okay and candy yeah so john candy if i was john candy i think i'd be a little pissed about this especially when we know how his let's talk about john candy for saying sure. i have a little anecdote here yeah so john candy goes and does this movie for for scale as a favor to uh john hughes uh, scale of that time it was four hundred and fourteen dollars. <laughs> they shot all of it in one day because you know you, how it works when you get scale. It's by day. Yeah. So basically, they did everything in twenty three hours. All of his stuff they basically maxed out. Now Jesus. that doesn't mean he didn't sleep. He, I'm sure he went back to his trailer and slept um, when they were setting up. You know, when they were changing from the airport scene to the van scene. Yeah. I'm sure they. You know. Yeah, yeah. He had time to rest. Right. Time. Movie sets are very slow paced by nature. It's not like TV. It's not like a play. Like things take a lot of time to get the lighting right and everything. So it's not like he was just working like a maniac for 23 hours. It's not sure. how it went. But still, he had to be there for 23 hours. Doing this as a favor makes $414. This movie ends up being, obviously oh by far, the biggest hit of John Candy's life. Oh, no. You know, I mean, you know, like, what are we doing here? Absolutely. Now, having said that, John Candy, obviously, is a very rich guy. In fact, so rich that in 1992 or 93, he's part of the team that buys the Toronto Argonauts. They are an mm. arena football league. Yeah. Uh, buys them with uh, Wayne Gretzky and then the owner at the time of the Los Angeles Kings, who later would go to jail for fraud and everything else. Um, but uh, the Gretzky and that guy, by the way, still friends. But that's the guy's. He's the reason. Or Gretzky went to L.A. He like orchestrated that trade. Oh, right. Okay. That's right. But uh, yeah, he'll him up. He's a, I forget his name. I'm sorry offhand, but uh, interesting, weird guy. Anyway, uh, so Candy kind of bit off more than he could chew with the Argonauts thing. And he actually went and did his last movie. Uh, Wagon like Canadian East, ba- Oh, Wagons East. Right. Um, with uh, was it Richard Lewis? And um, they he didn't want to do the movie. And they but they he owed like a million dollars to the Argonauts. Like he had to come up with a million dollars to cover some expenses for the Argonauts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, well, I guess I'll, the studio was really pushing him to do a movie because something he was going to do fell through. It might've been the fatty Arbuckle project that then went on to Chris Farley that <laughs> also he killed him too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so he passed on the Arbuckle. He won the Arbuckle thing. It fell apart. Then he's like, oh my God, I haven't worked in like six months. I owe a million dollars to the Argonauts. I'm just going to do the next movie that comes along. It's Wagons East. And they're like, ah, I don't know, man. It's in Mexico. It's hot. It's a lot of like, uh, it's a more physically enduring movie than maybe you should be doing. Yeah. But he felt really pressured. Does the movie and the then dies, dies on set. Fuck. At the end of that movie, he, he died in, I think in Mexico. Yeah. Shooting that movie. So, but it was like financial. You know, I, obviously, I know he agrees to the movie for scale, but it's like. <sighs> but he just did as a fit. Wouldn't you think, maybe he just, he just had no concept that it was going to do anything. I know anything, did. But, I mean, uh, you know. But I, still, you'd think. You'd think it would, maybe it would do a hundred million or maybe do $80 million. You'd think he would say, could you just give me like a little bit of a, like a, I hope point two five. You know, John Hughes bought him a nice bottle of wine or something for that. You I mean, have to Jesus do something. Christ. I mean, and the other thing too is, and obviously I don't, I don't know him and John Hughes and got, you know, did not alter their friendship at all. I mean, no one, no one was upset at anybody or anything, but, uh, you know, maybe like, I forget, was he even in home alone too? I don't think he was. I don't know. Like, give him a bigger part, like home ones, and like, oh yeah, give him, maybe you can pay him back on that back end a little bit, right? I don't know. I mean, maybe he was he could have been shooting another movie at the time. I have no idea. But just like I read that, I was like, ah, and I just knowing how he dies, it was like that kind of sucks. Because he did, did he do 
three movies with uh, Hughes. He did Plane, Trains, Automobiles. And then Uncle Buck. Uncle Buck and uh, and this. And this is three. Right. Yeah. Which this, of course, Hughes wrote and produced. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of a disaster, too, is like uh, this movie was not an easy movie to make. Had a lot of problems. So uh, off the bat, Hughes is like, oh, I can make. I wrote the movie because uh, he's like, oh, my God, what if we have to get home alone? You know, pretty, pretty standard yeah yeah so writes the movie a joke at the time too was that he was kept getting younger like writing about younger remember he writes about breakfast club right sweet 16 candles and then he writes home alone and they kept one of his last movies movie called baby's day out so he kept writing like (laughs) movies for he kept like regressing his movies get worse too but uh so he writes the movies like he tells i forget who one of the movie studios uh warner brothers or somebody was like i can do this for 10 million 10 2 and they're like, great. And then like they're in they're in production. They're like, no, it's gonna cost like fifteen. And they're like, well, you just said it would cost ten. Yeah. And then he's like, I guess he went behind the back of Warner Brothers and got funding in case it would have an overage. Uh, but then it ended up ballooning to like seventeen, but they still were able to cover everything. Sure. And obviously they made the good money thing they did back, yeah. you know. But they got the other studio involved. Had Warner Brothers just been like or whoever the original studio is, I'm sorry for getting they had just said, Okay, fine. They would have made oh. they got all the money they lost. I'm like oh. Not taking that seven million dollars. So do they lose like you know? Say if the other the other company comes up with the other seven million, right? Seven million, right? So that's so, that's almost fifty so percent. That's like forty right, percent yeah. or something. I, they, I don't they, know what the exact oh. agreement was. Right? You think about it, like do the math. You're like, holy shit! Like, How do you even do that? Like, don't you if you pony up ten million, don't you get a hundred percent of the the movie? Like, how do how do you, how does someone negotiate against that? Say, well, listen, it's not enough money. I'm just going to pull in this partner over here, well, and then we're going to give him forty percent. Well, I mean, that's that, and that's. Back to Hollywood stuff that I have never sat in those rooms and had discussions. You know, you only read stuff from William Goldman or whatever. You know, you can pull in stuff. But yeah, I mean, every agreement's different. But a lot of times the company might, the movie, the Studio A might be like, listen, we're not going to make the movie at all. Unless you get additional financing. I see. So it could have been pressure the other way. Right. So they're like happy that somebody comes in and and takes some of the pressure off. Um, uh, Yeah. So, I mean, that, that, you know, we saw it happen with Iron Man too. Remember, like, they uh, didn't want to cover the foreign distribution. (laughs) And it cost them so much money. Um I think it was like Paramount was involved with that one, but uh, so with uh, with Homo, so they they are so now they're they're shooting, and because the um, the budget went up, so did the shooting schedule it went from a six week shoot to an eight week shoot. Mm. Okay, so Daniel Stern's like, "What the fuck? You said it would be a six week shoot, right? You're not going to pay me any more money. I'm not going to do this movie." And he left the set. He left. He quit the project. Wow, which is within his right because there's supposed to be a six week shoot. Yeah. So they bring another actor, Daniel Roebuck. You might have seen. He's he's a character actor. Uh, look him up if you want. You know, he's got kind of a bigger. He's a bigger guy. He's not like tall and skinny. He's big he's tall but also big he's a yeah, yeah. guy and him and pesci i guess just didn't gel there wasn't like really good chemistry there and there was like instant like remorse they didn't have stern back so i guess they went back to stern they paid him and he came back oh two, wow two days later good for him so poor robach because he never really had a huge career he's worked at stuff you you know his face is on but he's not you know this would have been a this would have changed his life right especially home alone too you been in about, front like, of a shit ton right. of people yeah and um yeah, like, and he's he's like, well, you know, I think he had a quote saying, like, in the scheme of things, it's just a blip of mm. importance. It's like, well, no, no, it's, really no, it's the third biggest million. movie of all time. <laughs> right. came out. Yeah. A blip, it would have completely changed your life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, so Stern came back. Imagine how Stern would have felt if he walked away. Oh, I know. For two weeks back. That would hurt. And uh, and then I guess Pesci was a nightmare on set. Just he just thought it was stupid. And well, he was right. He's right. The stuff that he was shooting was stupid, and he was just annoyed. And then they kept having wanting to do seven a.m. calls because children can't work at night. Oh yeah. So they kept wanting to have the shoots be super early, but Joe Pesci goes to golf. So Pesci's like, "Well, I can't get my nine holes in if we keep shooting at seven. I don't want to do this anymore." Yeah. And they're like, "Well, we're gonna." So uh, he's like, "Well, I won't. I'm gonna quit." And they're like, "So they bumped it to nine. Oh, so Pesci, come on! Because of that, all the second unit people had to work 
late at night because they had to shoot all all of Macaulay Culkin's coverage had to happen by I think it's seven at night and then they can't work anymore and then they, so then from like seven to ten they're doing all the second unit stuff shooting yeah. everything or getting like put, like they're basically trying to take care of everything they can so when Culkin gets there they can and they can just they go. Can immediately go shoot but right. it can be challenging create I guess it create a lot of resentment or Pesci on the set you know because now you have like four you're asking 40 50 people now to work because is you know it's not you, you probably think oh what's the big deal just set up and then go home well it's not like that no. you have to set up and then you have to get the lighting right on the actors and then you might have to shift stuff again it's it's almost doing not quite double work but close to it right so it's like so you had like 50 people that had a rearranged schedule because of one guy dick and, move pesci yeah not great so not great. um so there was some of that uh, i guess it took like a week or like three or four or five days to shoot the um terminal scenes in the airport because everyone those were all extras and they were just running and every extra had a certain job to do because the 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 actors were actually running full speed straight through (sighs) yeah so they had to not run into anybody but they wanted to have a crowded terminal so i guess it took like the uh, the sisters in that uh one of the girls daughters said it took like almost a week to shoot that wow yeah, I think it took like a couple of days to set it up. It took like three days to shoot. It's like a, like a seven days for those. And then like, I think a couple of days for post. It almost took like a week. How uninspiring to just run the terminal for seven I, days. I know, but it is a good shot. They do, they do use it. Yeah, the, it looks they good. They use it in the commercials. Remember that? Like, yeah. It does create urgency. It does. And it creates a scope that this isn't just a cheap family film. This is a movie. You know, see John Hurd, I know, Mile, whatever. And then Catherine O'Hara sure. running through a big giant terminal it it does give it scope. creates a yeah. right so if you're like you know wanting to go see movie the holiday season you, you know you're like oh well, they might have put some money into this it might be worth going to see yeah so you're gonna recommend this thing i will this is a I, i'm i think you're being too hard on it i don't quite get well because you know so the all the wet bandits the wet bandit stuff really permeates a lot more than just their scenes even though they're in it a lot more than just that and that and last 15 minutes i mean they're they're knocking off another house there uh there's the mannequin scene there's the interactions between them and macaulay as they sort of stalk him like that that's priest that's pretty no right. but, it, I but we're I probably, it's probably like I 30 to 35 minutes of the movie probably with them in it maybe there's a lot it's it's probably a third of the movie something like that and it and i if it were just more about the family stuff and him being alone it'd be better i also give some you know if macaulay calkin did you know otherworldly uh performance here i think i would also it would, it would also help he's not bad but he's not he's not amazing either it wasn't he's not that interesting when he's by himself but you couldn't have like a dramatic no you could do that it no you could it would have been weird like if you had someone actually really be home alone, like you said, the kid is like like crying, like it would have been a whole different movie. That's, like, that's true. not what this movie's asking him to do. He does really well. He's a big ham though, and that's tough. That's that's a little bit much for me. I just think it's not there. So there are some great there are some great parts. So Harry, but part. you like The Rock. You keep bringing up The Rock. I'm saying he's like entertaining in some spots. But he's the biggest. Ham. I think he's isn't fun- he a huge ham too? Yeah, but he's got more charisma than Macaulay Culkin does. He's more badass than Macaulay Culkin. Come on. <laughs> badass are you looking for your you want your entertainment badass yes jesus christ no not necessarily i just he he's fine i don't think he's he's fine he's not bad he does a pretty he does a pretty good job in general if you said like uh, if you said he did a great job as a child actor in this type of movie blah 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 if we put a lot of you know boundaries around it we could say he did a great job but if you just look at it as an actor in a role i think he did a pretty good job you're just not as objective about it. You get really, you know what it is? You're really nostalgic about a few things. You're I'm nostalgic not, about not, dad stuff. Whoa. 
smacking the microwave. You're just talking about dad stuff. I get it. Baseball stuff and then holiday stuff. Those three things. Not, that, that's your like. Not true. Those are your Achilles, heel, Achilles heels. It's not necessarily true. I, I, uh, this probably isn't like a holiday tradition for me at all. So I don't. I, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a flag on that. I will admit okay. when I'm nostalgic about stuff. Um, but uh, I'm, I don't think this is a case for me. This movie doesn't really have an emotional connection to me. Yet. This is not one we watched growing up. A time, yeah. I was just in the theaters. I saw it a few. One time we even watched it in school one year, like right yeah. the day before Christmas break. They threw it on. So like I, I've seen it in my life. I've enjoyed it every time I've seen it to some extent. I like this stuff in the beginning a lot with Fuller and the it's Pepsi good. and that first. That first act, when they're all in the house together, there's Good. a lot of moving parts. They're establishing a lot of characters. Yep. It's done really well. And actually, Joe Pesci's fun there, too, because he's not being... No, because he's just... He's trying an to... An idiot, right. He's like... There's chaos around him. Right. Yeah. And so, like, all of that is really well done. It's I agree. It's really well crafted. It's I agree. It's really well written. So, if the movie were 40, the first 40 minutes long, it'd probably be... I'd probably give it a B plus, A minus. But it's not. It's a, it's a total situation here and and all that shit is unbelievable and stupid and i don't believe the kids would have reacted that way maybe for the first 24 hours i give him one night staying in that home by himself but after that he's like he's seeking comfort like he's he's seeking an adult I mean, adult figure the movie's called home alone man yeah, I i'm mean, just saying i know but, like, but I mean, it's fine it's fine I, I we don't I mean I don't know I, I'm, I'm saying it's I'm fine. okay with that I I, I now I, I'm not gonna penalize him for that now, I will penalize him for the idea that he becomes this like great you know, yeah how's he become rambo he's basically Ram- yeah, he's rambo right like that's what why why do we need to do this to him like we didn't even get a montage of like having him soup himself up to no we did have a montage of him all, all the he traps. Says, like this is my house yeah i've got to defend it it's like, like well uh, i would have done with him i i would have liked to see him try to pay a bill or like to see him like i, I let's yeah. see him just do other shit like that like that to me is so much more fun i, I it's a shame but this movie is still entertaining uh, and i if, if this is your holiday movie, you could do a lot worse. I get it. It made you laugh a lot. You laughed all the way through. I laughed, a couple, I laughed at Fuller drinking the Pepsi. I know. I know. You drink. <laughs> it's funny. He like raises his eyebrows. That's funny. funny. Yeah. That is funny. That's a little, uh, little Calkin. I do. What's that? That's, that's baby Calkin. What's, who is that? Which, uh, uh, the, uh, is, it, is it Rory? Is the kid from, um, Secession? Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah. And then the, the buzz stuff is funny. Like buzz your girlfriend wolf. That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. Not. I don't really like Buzz very much. I don't. I don't like him. No, either. the actor's not very good. But that part, yeah. But I like but, how they write him as an asshole. But I think the actor, right? It's probably a reason we don't. We don't really see that actor work very much. No, we don't. Um, yeah. beyond that, uh, no. But I. I um. Oh, I like the, the uncle's a shithead. I like that. Yeah, that's good. He's like cheap. He's right <laughs> through so his cheap. In worst first class. He's yes. an asshole. <laughs> like that's funny. I, I enjoy all of that stuff. Yeah. I don't like how the family comes home at the end. The whole family. I like the mom comes home. Me too. I mean, that's great. I wish you just that is with that. great. I understand why they bring everybody home. I get it's like some sort of redemption for the Macaulay Culkin character yeah. in his family. But you didn't need it. You just needed her to come home, and then it would have been perfect. That they could have ended right like that, and it would have been fine. They could have spent Christmas together, and that's it. I know that would have been nice. Yeah, really nice. That would have been better. Oh, that would have bumped this up. That would have given this a B, B minus maybe. But no, they fucked that up. Too. I know. I don't like Columbus either. I, you know, I, I'm, I have a problem with him because he was so creative with Gremlins, and then he just decided to sell out like a son Gremlins. of a bitch. I thought he wrote. I thought he, he wrote, wrote it. He wrote Gremlins. He didn't That's what I'm saying. He right, wrote, right, right. and Dante wrote, directed it. Right, which is funny because he, you know, this is like the opposite. He yes. wrote this and Columbus directed it. Right. So I have a question: Which yep. movie do you like better, this or Harry, the first Harry Potter, which we covered for this show? Ooh. Columbus directed both. That's right. He he also I think he directed a couple of them. Ugh. The first two, but yes. But which one? Uh, probably the first Harry Potter. Probably the Harry this. Probably the Harry Potter's more entertaining. That was pretty oh, no. slow. See, that was really take. slow. 
Oh, no. So I think the first Harry Potter is a better it's work better, of art, yeah. I guess, if you will, yeah. or a better, you know, it's fully crafted where this has some problems. But this is, a, I think this is a significantly more entertaining movie. It might be. I don't know. I, that, I didn't, we watched that. I didn't like that very much. No, I didn't like them. I like this might be bad. I think I like this better. I might. I don't Well, Harry Potter movie does, does, does all the Harry Potter stuff right, but I just find, I don't like that world very much. I just think it's like a lame, the wizard shit. I know Matt, Matt loves it, but I don't, I don't really like whatever. Uh, but, uh, but I just find this, this movie to be just significantly more entertaining than yeah Harry Potter. I don't know. I don't know. It's, that's hard because, because for yes, for 50 minutes of this movie or whatever, it's more, it's better. So but, we've done now three, we've covered three Columbus movies and we've covered a few Buck. John Hughes. We did Mr. Mom, which he wrote. Columbus wrote, wait, who no, wrote uh, John Hughes. I forgot he wrote that. No, it wasn't. Well, remember he wrote it, but remember we talked about how oh, Aaron Spelling yeah. got his hands yeah, on it and made yes, it like a, a, a TV, bad. Like, yeah, so TV we don't movie. we don't really know what the original script was, right? Uh, been better. We've covered um, Uncle, Uncle Buck. Buck, and now this is that it for uh, Hughes? Yeah, I that's think it. so. We haven't done Breakfast Club. We haven't done Planes, Trains. We haven't done uh, Ferris, Bue- or anything, Ferris yeah. Bueller even yet. Uh, and then for Columbus, right? So we've done. He wrote Gremlins, wrote, wrote Gremlins, which is better than than Harry Potter oh. or this. Yeah, that's a was super creative. See, that's the so that is a. I probably speaks volumes about my family or whatever but like that's a movie my family would watch a christmas more than this oh yeah that's way more interesting um and another movie like my family would watch more at christmas would be like uh christmas vacation for instance which he was also yep. wrote that's yes and then um you know something like scrooge bill murray those are the yes. kind of movies my family would be more yeah. likely to watch than this but i, like, would watch but I understand too. why someone watch this i'll say this this is so here's my take on hughes mm. i bet hughes will be more remembered for his holiday movies than his teenage movies. So like holiday movies, I'm talking Probably. planes, trains, automobiles, yep. this and uh Christmas vacation. Yeah. 50 years from now, I can see people still watching all three of those movies. Well, those other two are way better, substantially better movies than the teenage movies. Even, even Ferris Bueller's day off is okay. Compared to planes, trains, and automobiles. Planes and automobiles. I can't wait to get to that. Cause well, that's, that's to me is a step. That is, that is that's a absolutely top, the top, that's top, top, top. but even Christmas vacation is really good. It's very good. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's, those two are above anything else he's done. I think Ferris Bueller's day off is a I really just, good movie. Although I haven't seen it in a while. But. It's, it's not, it doesn't, Matthew Broderick, uh, uh, Broderick can go away. I really like that movie. And then uh, it's all right. I, I re I watched breakfast club a couple years ago as a rewatch. Eh, it, but, uh, but you can see though, like how kids now, like no one's going to, they can't relate. No. And I mean, it's tough to, okay. When we did fast times, like it's tough for, it is because teenage life, uh, the trends happen so quickly. Oh God. I mean, imagine kids is growing up now. They, they, there's no way they would relate to that. That's why this movie does well too. It's timeless. Yeah, it does work. Uh, yes. Yep. This some very, slight technology stuff with the no internet, no phone, right. which would have kind of solved some significant problems. Right. But, but, but beyond that, that, out of it, yeah, other it's, than that, it's pretty timeless. I agree. Uh, you have like a Michael Jordan cutout, but Michael Jordan's pretty timeless. Yeah, oh yeah. So like even the pop culture choices they made work. And then John Williams score, he's so good at, he, he good. was, he had to be more like holiday than like trendy. Cause every, like all those, Oh, his whole score is a holiday theme throughout. So I think that adds the timelessness of yeah, it. He Plus was, Christmas is timeless. He was writing new Christmas songs and they, they were good. They sounded right. This movie does a really good job working in Christmas songs too. Yeah, they do. Uh, so I think that credit goes to Columbus there. Yeah. Um, it's you got like, uh, some oh, like, Holy Night. You got uh, some of my favorite Bells Christmas one. songs, but yeah. I also think the way that he mixes them in, like when he's at the church and it, yep. it goes into uh, Oh, Holy Night. 
but then it transitions. Yeah, when uh, right before they leave, they go to what is there something of the bells, the deep do 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 that yeah, one. Yeah, but it's like it's elevated, it's like intense. It is, yeah. That inversion that we right because he's about to get hyped we've up to defend right. his house. We, he has to go defend his house, but it, it, but it's a really good transition there. Yeah. And then uh, was it Run Run Rudolph? Like when they're um yeah maybe maybe the airport terminal. So like there's some stuff like there's some good. St- I I think he uses songs well, and this movie is like the same thing with some of the other Christmas movies we talked about. But you know the idea. I guess maybe because Christmas is so timeless and maybe so was Thanksgiving. Like playing shows automobile still works too. Mm. I know the cars are older and you're right. There's no cell phones, which right. But, but yeah, that, but it, you can, you can get past that. That's yeah. easy. Yeah. Uh, it worked really well, particularly because I'm not, I do not like Christmas music at all, but it, it, it works in this. And John Williams does a great job. I like some Christmas music. I just don't. I mean, uh, Oh, Holy Night's probably bad. We, we did that. We did. The, this. Uh, we did for the Patreon show. Uh, uh, Patreon show but. Is this movie better than Uncle Buck? Ugh. I think it is. Ugh. The problem is I love John Candy. And he's great. Me too. So I think, no, I go Uncle Buck. I go Uncle Buck. There's so, less, there's less problem. Like this has a big, huge, you know, 30 minute problem. Uh, all right. 20 minute problem. 20 minute problem. Yeah. It's really, I don't really, I don't really mind the robbers until the last 20. I, I mean, I don't, they're annoying, but like, I don't really, but they would have been a, without the, you know, the end, they would have just been this, they would have been way out of place. You needed, you know. Well, you need, right, well, once you introduce them, you have to get rid of them. Right, right, I get it. So, but, but it's still, yeah. I'm, okay, so Home Alone has a much, has a much higher highs, but has low, bigger, lower, I agree. Low, deeper, lower lows rather than, right. than Uncle Buck. And you do have, you have a, you have better actors overall in this besides in this. Candy. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So, but I, like um, but I more. still home, home think more. I'd take Uncle Buck because of, of Candy. I love Candy. He's so good. He's very good. Uh, yeah, yeah Home Alone, I'm going to recommend this movie. and uh, I will begrudgingly sure recommend it. Oh, it see, well. you came around. It's not, I told you I was on the fence. I, I think I have to tell, I think I have to recommend it. But it's like a C plus. Like, we're not, we're not like that I far out of the woods. B. I did not give it a B. I'm giving it a B. Well, I mean, I, for the, this is a nostalgia with you. I don't get it, but that's, that's fine. I'm telling, fine. I'm telling you it's not with this. It's I, fine. I swear to God, it's not. I, I, this is not something we, we watch a lot. Like, I don't have that attachment to it. No, I think you have attachment to the holiday, though. You love Christmas stuff. Um, I like some Christmas stuff. I That's not, but this isn't this Most isn't people Christmas. do. That, that's not a bad thing. No, I know. No, I'm not. No, but this isn't. I'm trying, I'm trying to explain. This isn't yeah. Christmas to me. Like, I, I get Christmas is happening when we're watching it. And um, you know, maybe that does pull some hard, but I don't think so. But this isn't something that really like I identify super hard with Christmas, just because this wasn't one we watched a ton. Yeah, but like it's a wonderful life. Yeah, I'm sure there's inc- nostalgia like through the roof, like right. with it. Like I'm sure there's elements of it that go way beyond the movie and and much more into like my core as a human being. So that that movie I completely. And but you don't think with this feel one. the dreams too. Okay, feel yeah. the dreams. Like I, I copy that. Like, right. Like there's parts of that that just like go to my soul. You agree that it's just not a very good movie, but you just are very nostalgically attached to. No, it. I, it's a great but movie. Okay. I'm also nostalgic. <laughs> Both those movies are. Uh, but Home Alone is a movie I really don't have that nostalgia. I know a lot of people listening probably do, and, me, and they probably hate you right now, which which I have no problem with. Don't let them hate you. Uh, <laughs> I don't but, mind but either. I don't Fuck them. But all kidding aside, though, I don't have that same nostalgic attachment. Okay. But but, uh, but I do. I do. I think I may have just. Uh, I, I appreciate some of the comedy, maybe in this movie more than you. But we both seem to agree that Wet Bandits really Sucks, do yes. bring it. It's a shame, but it is what it is. But O'Hara is great, and, and I Colkin's love watching good. her. Who? I'm, I'm going to go with Colkin's good. I, I think, I, he's, I think he's pretty good. He's pretty good. It's overrated. Like the people on Twitter are going to nail me for for the Macaulay Culkin. Thing. They're going to so. think they're going to think that he did a phenomenal job, and they're stupid. But but. <laughs> 
But I understand why. They're simple, simple, simple people. No, no, I think he's not. You laugh at this fucking nuts. This isn't fucking Anthony Hopkins here. This is Macaulay Culkin. This yes. is a kid who had a two-year career. Who's acting on and he's by himself. Pretty, I know, and he's pretty good. I'm saying pretty good. People are going to over-fucking-rate him. That's going to be the problem he's with me. And they're wrong. Movies. There are some movies where he's bad at. See, I haven't seen him in so long. I don't yeah, even remember. Uh, I remember even as a kid thinking, like, this is, this is not, this is, yeah. he's bad and this is a bad movie. Yeah. Uh, but this is not, but this. I'm not saying he's bad though. I think he's a, he's good in a, in a pretty good movie. He's better than the movie is. The movie's pretty good. He's good. Mm. If that makes any sense. I think he's pretty good. And I think people are going to think that he's off the charts and they're going to give me shit about it. I'm going to tell them to go fuck themselves. That's, that's well, going to be my reply. Maybe tell them just to go watch it again. That might make more sense. Well, I mean, yeah. Don't talk out of your ass. Go fucking watch the movie as an adult. Yeah. Assholes. Right. Yeah. Wow. Fucking haters. Well, people can have different opinions and you not be assholes now. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I'm just giving them what they gave me. I'm going to stop listening to I can't deal with your takes anymore. I'm going to stop listening. It's like, fuck off. So this isn't for you then. Well, you can't well, handle it. On the other side, though, asshole. Your takes should be better. My takes are great. I mean, they do the same thing to you. <laughs> no, not, no, no, no. Yes, they do. When you have bad takes, which soften, they give you shit as well. Very rarely. I, I have a lot of team Carano. You just, you just ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> Those losers. <laughs> Those losers. Can't imagine that. Uh, no, I think he's pretty good. I understand why people like this movie. I understand why you and why people think that Macaulay Culkin's good in this. He's I just. Good. I think he. I think it's overrated, and I think he's pretty good. I'll say just this: we've seen awesome acting. We've seen oh, awesome kid awesome. acting. But those awesome actors wouldn't have worked here. But I will say this: I walked away from this movie thinking Macaulay Culkin wasn't as good as I remembered him. Yeah, because I hadn't seen the movie in a while, and I was like, "And eh, there's a lot of mugging here. Yeah, there's a lot of kids. I remember him being better in this role. Yeah. So I definitely he he lost a couple, dropped a couple notches for me yep. just watching it critically. Um, after I've not even seen it, but then again, it's like, all right, well, the kid's eight. He's in the movie I by know, himself. I know. It's like really challenging. But that's what I'm saying. With all the prefaces, fine, he's great. But I can't. I'm not going to put the same prefaces on. Like we just watched Sound of Metal. Like that. There was some great acting in that. You know what I mean? Like, right. let's, well, what are we doing? Family, here? but family. I, I wouldn't. I, I don't think that's a fair comparison. But like, compare it to like Catherine O'Hara. Yeah. Or John Hurd. Right. And they're both like. Or even that, what is it? Blossom bottoms, bottoms, <laughs> blossom <laughs> bottoms, with the foggy bottoms. Um, like, <laughs> you know, even he in that scene with Colton, yeah, like really good. He's pretty good. And then Colkin, like, you can tell he's so used to mugging. He, he's having a hard time even like acting with somebody else. And you're like, ah. and I get it. He's a kid. And it's like, a good scene. It, it's, it's shot actually really well. Um, and it, the scores, it's like, oh, or the sound, the background music is lovely. And you're like, all right, this is pretty good. Right. But you could see there, there's some cracks in the facade and you're like watching that scene. You're like, all right, I'm enjoying this scene but I can see why this kid is not going to have a long future. Yeah. Like his ceiling. Yeah. Yep. We're, we're after watching Haley Joe Osment and this, you're like, in he should be with Bruce Willis. You're like, this kid is going to act the next 70 years. Yeah. Elijah Woods had a better career than, than Haley. And he shouldn't have. Cause I mean, Elijah Woods good, but like, he's not, he's not like, he was never that good oh, as a kid. No, you right. know what I mean? Yeah, like I mean, you'd think that the ceiling would have been right. If you told me in the good son, right. Like who's going to be in more box office smashes out of these two actors. You know, someone might probably, 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 people probably would have picked Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. But, you know, obviously I ended up being Elijah Wood because yeah. of all the Lord of the Rings and other bullshit. Yeah, of course. All the other bullshit. All the trolls. Where the fuck he's doing? All the trolls I, I like Elijah. He's fine. Yeah, he's good. He's fine. Um, is that it? I'm, uh, I think so. Let's move on. Okay. Uh, well, here's what we can move on to is uh, a new podcast I want people to, to go check out. Oh, I love podcasts. Down to the Wire. Down to the Wire uh, is a comedy podcast. They dive into what they call back page news, which I love this kind of stuff. I remember like living in New York, I would always uh, get a kick out of a kind of the goofy tabloid headlines. Yeah. Yeah. And so they even go a step beyond that. They'll cover those like insane news stories happening around the world. 
like like men in India arrested for trying to use monkeys to rob a pedestrian. So then they'll go in and they have a fun back and forth with it and they they really kind of dig deep into uh, kind of the comedic elements of those stories. Uh, they have a lot of really fun headlines. Uh, detective divorces wife after she was seen in videos at the U.S. Capitol riot with another man. Oh my. Yes, right. So, you know, they're going to kind of cover, it's a much like a lighter side of those kind of stories, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is fun. Uh, other oddities all around the world are covered weekly on their show every Tuesday. Uh, if you go to the reviews, 5.0. Yeah, how do they have so many, fa- like we're, how, because they're kicking our ass. <laughs> maybe the show's better than ours. Maybe <laughs> what is that? I mean, you guys should listen to that instead of this. What I are we mean, doing? You should. I mean, they, they, they have like, they have, they, they not, have only it's, five it's not, star reviews. And it's not like they have like seven reviews. No, they've got, do you say like 80 something yeah. or so whatever, five star reviews. Yeah, so. uh, the show also, uh, they end every show discussing a niche sport, uh, like, uh, I'm going to mispronounce this. Yuki Gassen, which is a professional Japanese sport, which I want to play, by the way, very badly against you, uh, which is snowball fighting mixed with dodgeball. Why do you want to play that with me? So I could throw things at your head. I'd like to throw things at your head. I think you'd probably lose that battle. Why? Why do you always think you're going to, you always think you're going to beat me in all these things? I just, I have athletic ability. I don't, <laughs> I don't know about you. Okay. I'm sure you do, man. How's your, uh, how's your leg doing? Great. Yeah. Uh, you can listen, uh, to Down to the Wire, which people who listen to it love it because it gets Obviously. all five star reviews. Uh, listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to the podcast. Uh, be sure to head over there. I have a website. Uh, it's www. and it's dttw, which sounds confusing, but it's Down to the Wire. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, so d, dttwentertainment.com uh to watch clips of the show uh they have uh, you can read some blogs they have uh and they have some more of their back page and news stories so once again that's down to the wire fun comedy podcast talks about crazy new stuff some fun sports give it a listen the world's crazy right now oh it's just pandemic stuff just all this madness sometimes you just want to have like a nice funny podcast check out down to the wire check it out Wanting. Needing, waiting for you to justify my love, hoping, praying for you to justify my love. Of course, this is uh, Justify My Love by Madonna off of the Immaculate Collection. Which is like a best of, right? A best of, and she's like seven years into her career. Mm. She's already had nine, this is her ninth number one hit. Wow. Like every song in the Immaculate Colle- Collection, you know, yeah. um, they, there's only two new ones for this for this album. And one of them was this. One of them's this, Justify My Love, which is an iconic song, of course. And then the second one was Rescue Me, which I remembered, of mm-hmm. course, um, from that time. That also that also was a, a hit. I don't, it didn't hit number one. But it's crazy. Like seven years in, and she has 13 of the 15 songs you know. It's all the stuff. It's borderline. It's like a prayer. Um, Live to Tell, of course, is my favorite. That's the best song she ever did. It's like, it's, you know, all that stuff. What's the best song she ever did? Um, it's um, Live to Tell. Live to Tell. Love that song. I just fucking my love that My favorite is borderline. It's a great, that's a great one too. Yeah. Madonna's highs are very high. Yes, I agree. Um, but then, you know, some of the bull, like the bullfighting bullshit ones that yeah, are we've, annoying. We've covered some, and this is, this falls into the ant camp for me too. This one does. So I don't, song. I don't like the song. I don't like it, but I think it's interesting and innovative. I find it funny that this thing hit number one. Crazy. A song like this hits Madness. number one. You might, this, well, you know this is why. on the radio. 
Oh, well. well. I mean, two reasons why. A, Madonna, obviously. Madonna, and the video. And the video was yeah. so controversial. That was the thing. So maybe we'll talk about that first, and then we'll talk, and then we can get into some of the structure of the song, which is weird. Um, but uh, yeah, so this video was rejected by MTV. Right. So she sent, they send it, the, her manager sends it over to MTV. Um, they reject it outright. And she's, which and they, they go back. Which they had to know what happened. I know. They, they, well, she goes back and says, is there a scene in this that we can cut out that would you know is there one definite scene that if that if we removed you'd play it and they said no it's the whole thing it's the tone of the whole thing so there's the nipple scene that's the thing yeah so there's this woman who's walking around get rejected that mtv says it would i think because i because she uh did you watch the i rewatched the uh she was on nightline they did a nightline interview okay which was really interesting actually she's quite good on it for the most part kind of goes off the rails in the last couple minutes but it's actually a really long interview it's like 10 minutes totally there's a commercial break in between wow okay i couldn't recognize the guy who was interviewing i sort of remembered but it wasn't the normal it wasn't ted, it wasn't ted Koppel. it was the normal guy it was a, it was a different dark mm. hair guy um uh, couldn't remember who it was and i tried to i looked fast but i didn't have enough time to really was it dig forrest sawyer was that I, the backup guy i don't Nightline know if, i'm not sure day? i would have known and actually maybe that made sense to give it to the backup guy and not have ted do this one because it would have been controversial because what they did nightline uh nightline aired the entire video Koppel wouldn't back with night it might have just been a I, I remember, oh, could have I remember been. like but this you know, is the number time couple like was working fridays but they would they would oh, maybe uh, that, yeah, but you, this you, is you like one of the maybe the number one or number two pop star on the planet you'd think that cop the big guns would have done this interview the guy who did it did a great job actually yeah. he was he was he was really fair um but madonna said they rejected it outright yeah it wasn't just the nipple scene um but night so abc plays this they play the entire yeah. video yeah i knew they played it which is like wow you're braver than mtv how far has mtv fallen in like seven years that they won't play this. No, but I think that's a big, that's a, that's a big deal that, you know, MTV is supposed to be on like the cultural forefront. And by 1991, they're kind of, I mean, you start the real world stuff, but that's where they're going. They're going the direction of reality TV. They're not really right, but they weren't there yet. Yeah, no, I know, but it's still, still weird that ABC I mean, is playing this. I well, I mean, I, okay. So I know that I know MTV, whatever that back and forth. I really believe that they just sent it over and there's no nipple scene. Then, they're less likely to reject it. You might be right, but Madonna, to what Madonna said, I'm only going by sure, what Madonna said. Sure. She said they rejected it outright because mm-hmm. we asked if we, you know, if there was something that. that but really, why send over to MTV? Like, a, you know, they're not going to play the nipple. Because thing. she said they played the Vogue video and you can see my breasts through the shirt the entire way. I don't think you can see nipple, but it's not that. It's it's ju- we're talking about like a square inch difference. You yeah. know what I mean? And so they could have said. They could have said, well, just fucking put a Band-Aid on those titties and you'd be fine. Or just like, let's cut that out and be fine. Mm-hmm. So Madonna, in her mind, maybe she thought she was pushing the envelope a little bit further with the nipple. Um, but, you know, but she tried. And they, and to her mind, Vogue was really, you know, it was really suggestive. Yes. Um, this was way more suggestive. Anyway, and Vogue, Vogue was controversial at the time. It was. Yeah. I mean, she kept doing that stuff. You think of uh, even, uh, what's the one that she's on? Cherish when she's on the beach. And then, you know, even some of the... the the stuff with like like a prayer there's yeah. some her she she, I mean, she did a book called sex it's all just like pictures right. of her naked and doing crazy stuff and yeah right she was definitely pushing the boundary and oh, good yeah. for her good for her and she stood up for herself here too um she's like i because the interviewer was like where do you draw the line and she's like well if you think about it like i'm not doing anything that's degradating i'm not doing any violence all i'm doing is showing people who love each other who are interacting like think about all the other shit that we see on she didn't say shit but think about all the other stuff that we're seeing tv like degradation women getting beat you know you're seeing mtv videos where you've got you got like 
you know, you got rappers who are, who are doing awful stuff. You, you got to, but you won't show people loving each other. Now it's a very erotic video. So that yes, I just think, is. you know what I mean? So I just think like, I can understand why they would have, they would have just looked at him and like, this is too far. The whole thing is too far. Vogue, Vogue is different. Yeah, no, this definitely has a, uh, right. This is definitely, but I, you could have played it at a certain time at night. They, they, you could they, MTV could have, especially where you know, MTV and Madonna were both making it a lot money for each other like it's a pretty they good partnership really like yeah. work it out um but right this definitely i mean there's no question this is a very very over the top suggestive video yes I mean, it's a particularly good video it's kind of eh, no like, it's all right it's all right yeah um and i think the song is i'm getting songs i guess in a second but like it's just like eh, i mean it, the video almost felt it felt not almost felt to me like are right, you just you're just doing like you're pushing boundaries to push boundaries which is like eh well i don't know i think she connected with the song honestly it's not her song it's lenny kravitz song kind of fucking mm. Lenny Kravitz, the thief, uh, which we'll get into, but I think she connected with it and the way she, she seemed earnest. She explains that she said, I, you know, this is the artistic representation, the visual artistic representation of how I felt about the song. I, I, when she said it, when she delivered that, I believed her. I mean, she could be talking out of her ass, but it seemed like a really earnest video. I'll, I'll post it so that, so people can see it too. I, I thought it was a really interesting. The videos interview. are on YouTube, which is why. Oh yeah. Yeah. But like I thought YouTube didn't allow nudity. Yeah, that's actually a good weird. point. That so is like, weird. Like, oh, I, 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 fuck I, you, YouTube. I don't, I don't, YouTube's the worst with the commercials that all pop up. I hate going on YouTube now. It's so well, annoying. They would, tell, they would tell you, Matt, and then you should pay for our premium product and you can get rid of those commercials. But I don't want to give them any money because they're fucking terrible censorship assholes. I don't like YouTube at all. I hate their interface. Their interface it's blows. All, I don't like it. Bad UX. Everything's shitty about it. We need a, we need a disruptive technology to fucking like take them out. You know what I like doing? I like having just throwing cable on. I, I can, Throw it I, on. I have my uh, my voice activated remote. I say, I say uh, you know, Home Alone and Home Alone pops up. I sit down. You I talk to your remote? I'm, you know, it was like, oh, I cut the cord. I cut the cord. I, I keep the cord. I keep the cord. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> You're the real maverick. Yeah. <laughs> but it worked, <laughs> but it worked out for Madonna. I mean, she ended up packaging it up as a, as a, a video single, just sold 10, 10 fucking million copies of this or something. I think a lot of so, them. So yeah, so uh, you're absolutely right. So, and I think Madonna's, so Madonna was always, I mean, so when she did, um, like a virgin. Yeah. Um, she was at the MTV, uh, video music awards. Yep. And my dad worked that show. Oh really? And he came home from the dress rehearsal. And he was just like, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. Like, really? She's like grinding. She's wearing like a, a bra. And she's like grinding in the ground. And he was just like, this is really like, I remember him like, she's talking to my mom. But I was he was room, shocked. And he was just like, yeah, he was almost like blushing and talking about it. Like, this is crazy. And then she did it again at the show. He's like, he's like, he's like, I remember him saying like something like, I can't believe they're going to do that in this show. And I talked to him later as like, you know, as a teacher about, you know, I was like, what happened? He's like, it was crazy, Chris. He's like the stagehands. And we'd all seen you know, on Broadway, whatever you'd see a million things. All of us were just like mouths agape, like just like we could not believe what we were saying. I mean, because Prince was doing some pretty racy stuff a few years before that. Maybe not in this context. Maybe, maybe not. not in that context. Maybe just because it was MTV. Like, I mean, was, you know, obviously MTV it was it was still like a televised award show. People were dressed up. People, everyone's being professional, and then all of a sudden you have this girl in like a bra, like just you know. Yeah, it was, I guess it was my dad's is like one of the most shocking things he'd ever seen. That's crazy. And, um, you know, so she always kind of pushed the envelope, but, but I think she went heavy into like this, the like overdrive stuff to kind of give her career some extra lays. We talk about the show all the time. Like if you have three albums that hit in a row, you're, you're, you're a monster star. Yeah, you are. She had way she more had, than three. Yeah. And she had at least five or six, right? This, seven? No, actually, sorry. This was her fourth out, uh, her 
fifth album, the right. preceding four, she's already sold 45 million copies before this album. This album sold another 30 million. So, oh my God. I mean, Jesus. Um, so, but, but she saw a couple after this that were still hits. They're Absolutely. Still, you yeah. had Roddick after this, and then there's, yeah, she had a few bigger albums. And then she had the dance mix one. But you can yeah. see how she constantly changes a lot. So, this, at this time in the early 90s, it was all sex stuff. And I think that's just what she, like, gravitated could, towards yeah, like yeah. lean into yeah. and then when that kind of wore out its welcome or that kind of got tired and old then she moves into you know at that point remember it was like dance club country western kind she of can't, stuff and then some of the spiritual stuff too she and did she that, and, yeah you know so she to her credit she kept she did leaning into different things uh because i think it was just a way to i, I think a lot of this was like planned and it just maybe it was really organic to me it, maybe it was i mean she seemed really i well, you should watch this video and see just see her talk about yeah. it because maybe maybe you'll feel different or maybe not. Maybe you think, gosh, oh, she's just fucking acting. She's a good actor, but um, well, we know that she's not a good. No, actor, she's not a good. So. Actor. No, but maybe you know. But she could have rehearsed this. I know. And I'm, I'm being, I don't know. I I just felt it was authentic. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, like I said, I mean, you know, one of the first things she did was MTV music, Video Music Awards, and she's grinding the forest. So yes. sex has always been kind of part of what she does, of course. But by then, it was like more like the pop music first, the sex stuff second, and yeah. then at some point in the early nineties, it became like sex first, music second, and I think music right. suffered for that reason. Yeah, and then it then she shifted back into the music again. I think the music got elevated again. Like I like her late nineties stuff. Yeah, but this time period is not good. And this song—I don't even know if it's a song. It's a weird. It's so weird. It's not a song. It's so weird. This this is number one for two weeks too. It's crazy. And I know. I I I've never. I I was thinking about because I didn't. I've never really liked the song. It's always just kind of spooky and weird. It's just a weird, herky jerky, odd song of her whispering sex stuff. So it, as a kid, it made me kind of uncomfortable. And like you know, I, it's not like it's a, you can't sing along. She doesn't sing. Like there's no. a couple of like a little bit in the background, but it's just this kind of synth line the herky jerky drums and her like talking to me like sexually talking to me it's very weird i can't believe this was on the radio like that people would have jammed to this yeah but it also was a huge dance hit too which doesn't make sense like people in dance halls kind of this medium sort of but it's like a it's not that fast it's not you know what i mean no it's it's a very yeah i kind of like grinding sensual song i guess that could kind of work i guess i I just think that uh right this is not i'm it's shocking this was like weird like a top 40 hit yeah so um, I guess let's get into the, oh, uh, 30 million copies for this album puts it at like number 20 all time too. Yeah, it's crazy. And a monster, just a monster. Some of those best ups really sell, huh? They do. Like the Eagles. The Eagles won. Even Bad Out of Hell, you can kind of think of as a, it's no, not really, it's not a I guess up. it's no, but it's, I mean, he'd done, it would have been That's not 15 years from his last album or something. Bad Out of Hell? Bad Out of Hell 2, I think, or Bad whatever. Bad Out of Hell 2? Bad Out of Hell, whatever the, one, hell, the first one was. Whatever like, the one was in 70s. 90, was in the early 90s. Oh. That was like his first album in forever. Right. So, yeah, that, I mean, it's not the best that much? That's oh, it's, yeah, it's like top 10. Really? Bad Out of Hell is like well, top 10. Bad Out of Hell was not Bad Out of Hell 2. No, 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 Bad Out of Hell. But Bad right. Oh, wait, wait, Bad Out of when was the bad? When was the Bad Out of Hell? Was that in the 70s? Yeah. Or oh, okay, that was the first like one. 77, 78. Sorry, so that's not the one with I Can Do Everything for Love. That's Bad Out of Hell 2. I don't know. I think it is. I can do but, the, but the one that's in the top 20 all time. That's is. not that one? No. Okay, so it must be the Paradise by the Dashboard Lights that's, one? Oh, okay. All right, right. So I, I, I'm i just misremembering. But Eagles had a best of that sold a ton. Yeah. Uh, obviously, this Madonna one. So some of those best of just, just explode. Yeah. Yep. They just, which I guess makes sense, I guess. But. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so is a monster. It's a really weird song. So you got this like herky jerky drum. It's it like it's it's like even like from a volume standpoint, the different elements are kind of like a different volumes. I don't even think it's particularly in time. So that is a riff off 
of um you this is the this is public enemy so they stole this drum beat directly from public enemy uh, public enemy security in the first world where they just did like a little military dance in front of in their concerts which they stole from uh, or they sampled from the breakdown section of funky drummer which is james brown of course that's this beastie boys uses this too in paul's boutique that makes drum. sense <laughs> what's that what song is it I look at it, I don't, it's yeah. hard to it's just Well, I was wondering if they also called that funky drummy, drummer. That's not a name of the song on the album, is it? No. Okay. Um, anyway, so, so Lenny Kravitz steals a song from Public Enemy and then is just playing a little synth line and his buddy, Ingrid Chavez, who's, uh, a woman who was in, uh, not Purple Rain. What was the next one? Uh, what was the next one Prince did? Uh, Raspberry Beret. Oh, okay. Is that the second? Movie, the second movie might be. I mean, like, none of his. Movies. No, Graffiti Bridge. Graffiti Bridge. Graffiti That's Bridge. what yes, it was. Yes. So she was like the main in Graffiti Bridge, but friends with Lenny Kravitz. Okay, they're like hanging out in a room together, and he plays this little from Public Enemy, and she she's just she's reciting a poem that she wrote Lenny Kravitz. So Lenny Kravitz takes this. They record it. Lenny Kravitz takes it to Madonna. Doesn't give Ingrid credit. Doesn't and doesn't give uh, public enemy doesn't source the sample from public enemy. So everybody sues everybody. Um, so Ingrid was mad. Ingrid was mad. Yeah, and there was a settlement out of court. Uh, she ended up getting added as a uh, with a song credit. Why does Lenny keep doing this? Because he's a fucking poser. He can't write but his own shit. Why not just like just it's stupid? I don't know. Maybe he's just. I don't know. I wonder if he's got a lot of hubris and he's just he thinks he's this like auteur or this fucking. That's not, I can't. Talent. I can't feel good. Like if the girl wrote you the poem, yeah, or he's really dumb. I don't know. Like you would think, you would think you would you do that. Uh, it happens so much. It's, I don't think it's dumb. I think it's, it's no. Just, he's it's yeah. yeah. It's not. He rips off. Like we we did this before with Lenny Kravitz. I know. But he's just a big rip off yeah. artist. Yeah. He's like, he's a huge disappointment. And he yeah, um, because he could have like a, he could he could be good yeah. if he just didn't rip people off. Right. Um. So sends it to Madonna and Madonna's like, oh yeah, really? So Madonna just added a couple things like the, the lie. I think the justify my love, that end tagline is hers. Um, but beyond that, it's like basically Lenny Kravitz and this, um, Ingrid Chavez woman. And, uh, that's it. What was the tiny Tim? Oh, then so public enemy, um, the producer for public enemy is ticked, but actually doesn't end up suing them, but instead has a, uh, one of the other, another band that he's, he's uh, working with do the song to my Donna as a response. So you do the song back though. as a response to Madonna. Yeah. Okay. That was his really that was his, her. Yeah, I know I did. And there was another part of this too. I thought there was another funky weird thing. What do I got tiny? Oh no, that's later. Um, and then the only other part is the better, the version that I liked growing up was from Thanks to Gravity, of course. Yeah, I'm probably more familiar with this, I guess. Do you know this one? A little bit. Did you hear it? Yeah. Um, I think it was maybe on the Play Hard compilation, um, or may, actually maybe it hit their album. It might have been on Slingshot, their last album. Sounds almost, sounds almost more familiar than the Madonna one. Yeah, exactly. That's how I felt about it too. I was like, oh, I like it when but someone. I don't know where I would have heard this though. I don't know. <sighs> um, I like it better though. 
one of the alternative radio stations might have played might it. Might have been. Yeah. Because that, that would have... Like BCN might have played it or something. Yeah, like BCN might have played it. I think they were playing a couple from the last Because I wasn't album. super... You know, the song was number one for two weeks. Obviously, Madonna. who I, I, I like Madonna. Um, I wasn't really familiar with this song. I remember the video being controversial, but I don't really remember hearing the song that much. But it's such a... It's not even like a song. It's not. It's, it's like, a weird... It just sets a mood. It does set a mood. And it's like, all right, this isn't really like... This is a different kind of art than... Yeah. A song to me, right? I mean, like it just doesn't. See, I think it could have been good with actual melody. It's sort. It would almost be like uh, "Don't Come Around Here No More" type of simple song with that just kind of sets a vibe. You yeah, could, you could do that. I mean, it'd be a little bit more, you know, on the explicit sexual side of things, of course. But right. uh, but still, you could you could set that mood. I think. Um, but it makes it less interesting that she's whispering at you. It's just kind of weird. But it's innovative. Like it's interesting. It's different. It's different. Uh, it's just, I'm just not going to listen to it. I guess I give her credit for like doing something that different and have yeah. it be like a 10 to top 40 station to be like, play this crazy. They did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That's it with, uh, this song. I mean, won't well, it's, it's sort of a middle of the line song for me. It's not going to hit any top or bottom. I, it's, I think it's innovative, but I'm not going to listen to it. That's yeah, it. Same. I'm done with, I'm done with listening to it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, personal story. Yeah. Well, so, what was going yeah. On? So I'm just going to explain kind of where I was. I don't like a true, like, begin in the narrative story here but just kind of like show you kind of what i was doing or where i was uh so my dad was going through treatment i guess he had been diagnosed with cancer a few months earlier so i remember like you know, obviously being kind of down about that you know we're in january of 91 so winters you know sucks uh and then uh I, I was in sixth grade which if you guys remember we talk about the summer of that year is when i uh, kind of did some like local theater stuff and that kind of gave me some confidence. I started having friends oh, yeah. in seventh grade. Yeah, that's right. But we're still in sixth grade, so I have no friends really. <laughs> I It's cold. It's My dad's sick. I'm not doing very well in school. Uh, I was just, I, I just had no ambition to work, like to do my homework. I just wouldn't do my homework. Yeah, like, yeah. I, and plus like I was kind of, I was kind of down about moving to New Hampshire as it was. So I wasn't, I, I picked up some bad, ha- I just, I just felt like my life was like just not, I hadn't any control. So I think the thing I could control is do my homework. So I just sure. chose not to do it, I guess, looking back. But like my, the second we got to New Hampshire, my studies really dropped off. And it wasn't because the schoolwork was any harder. I just I had none of the work ethic I had in New York. And then, um, so now we're in the second year of that, my parents are kind of like frustrated. Like, what happened to this kid's grades? Right. Um, teachers are frustrated with me because they're like, why don't you just do your homework? And I mean, they must have known. You, they just uprooted your life from, from New York. They to did, but at some point, you got to like, get your shit together. True. You know? And yep. then, so maybe I would have gotten my shit together in sixth grade, but then my dad gets sick, and I'm just like, eh, I'm kind of like checked out. Um, it was just, it was just like, a, but one thing we did have was we had Nintendo. Like, I got Nintendo that year for Christmas. I mean, I had asked for Nintendo for like three or four years in a row, and I never got it. And I think my parents felt bad. My dad, you know, has cancer, and like, I, I was just a sad kid. And then, so we had Nintendo. So I played the hell out of that NES. So we had the NES for that for one year, and then the next year we got. I think they saw how much I enjoyed it. Yeah. And they that next year the Super Nintendo came out and they bought it for me right away. Right on. But for that one year though, I only had this Nintendo. I mean, all anyone had it. The Super Nintendo hadn't quite come out yet. And uh, I played a ton of like Mario. I'm sure like everyone did, but like uh, you know Tetris. Uh, my what was mom the NBA one? The, what's that? What was the NBA one? He's heating up. Uh, the NBA had, it was that's for Super Nintendo. But that right. was really that's the right, arcade that's right, first, that's though. Right. That's right, that's right. Um, so, um, but that hadn't even been created yet. So, uh, yeah, a lot of, like, you know, a lot of the Nintendo games that you guys all played. And obviously, I used to play at my friends' houses and stuff, and now it's so cool to have it at my house. Um, so that was, so, like, at this time of life, I was playing, probably playing a lot of Nintendo. Uh, I was probably feeling pretty down. Mm. Um, not, sixth grade was really hard. Like, I know we talked about before, like, I was on the small side. I was on the young side. 
And then all the you know kids starting to date. I just had no interest in that. I was like nine or ten, eleven years old. I, that wasn't like for me. I, that's not what I, I wanted to collect baseball cards. I wanted to play football. Right. I didn't. Have, I had no interest in girls at all. And uh, you know some of the kids in my grade were like thirteen, and they did. And it's just like there's a be- big divide there. And I just didn't know how to make friends. I just remember feeling really like lost and like. I remember so many nights I would just like be in my room. I'm like, on my base, working on my baseball encyclopedia or like listening to radio, uh, like Sunday nights, they would have like a stand up comedy special. I used to listen to that every, every Sunday night. Um, yeah, I remember just being kind of like down and super lonely. lonely. Yeah. Yeah. It's like not really, yeah, not like probably like one of like the, I was not from like fifth and sixth grade. I was a really like unhappy. I think I was a really unhappy kid. I used just an unhappy time in my life. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't, wasn't a good time at all. But did you spend you spent a lot of time with video games? I mean, I guess that would definitely pass the time. It did. Yeah. It really did. I, I we only had the Nintendo for one year. Um, I played the Super Nintendo a lot. Yeah, it definitely helped pass the time. Yeah, it definitely like helped. And then like you know, getting the Super Nintendo helped me also with my friends. Like my friend, all these other kids that mm. now we have something in common. Something to relate right? to. Yeah. And like I remember one kid got Jared. He had he had the Sega eight bit, and then he got the Genesis. I had the Genesis. Yeah. So he's the only kid. That had the Genesis. Yeah, what well, didn't seem like a lot of us. So we made fun of him. Yeah, a lot for that, you know. And and he couldn't. Some of those games know. were fucking awesome. Though. The Sonic game was really good. Ugh. Kid Chameleon was great. That was a great game. Lame. The only game I wish that that was on Sega because one of the kid, two kids had Sega, but one kid was like quieter about it. Uh, was uh, <laughs> Tony Arusa, which is a really cool baseball. That's the one game I'm like, I wish I was on Nintendo. But I, like, I think Mario kicks Sonic's ass. Uh, it depends on which one. I mean, when you get to see, I didn't really like the Mario's on Super Super Nintendo. What Super Mario World's a great game. I don't remember. I I remember when when it went 3D. Then it was off the charts. That was the best game I'd ever oh, played at the time. Man, 3D nonsense. What was that? That was the. I, don't know. I can't That's remember what the newer night. one was. Um, it wasn't the. I can't remember, but but I had no like uh, NHL '94. I think yes, was which amazing which might be game. The best game ever. Right? Yeah, yes. that and was that, an awesome game. So I ended up getting a Genesis in college. Like we found like an old one in a pawn yeah. shop. And then, um, so we played that a ton. So Genesis yeah. actually was the system we had in college because we played NHL 94 all constantly. Oh, I love that but game. But I think the game, like if you look at the systems, like if I only could have, in fact, I, I have it right now in my house. I have a Super Nintendo emulate, like one of the little ones. Oh, do you? And it has like 50 games on it. It's really fun. Is it just a, like a controller with a screen? No, it has like? Like a tiny little like mini fake like Super Nintendo box and then oh. have the actual controllers. Oh, cool. And they have one of the greatest games ever. Zelda is on there. Yeah, I love Zelda. Super Mario World's on there. Like a ton of games are on there. Yeah. Um, they also have one for the NES as well. I don't have that one. Yeah. Um, but the Super Nintendo one is really fun. Um, especially playing like Zelda. Zelda it to me is like, Zelda's that's like, a killer game. Yeah. That a reason alone is yeah. to get Nintendo over Sega. Yep. Poor, poor Genesis kids. We, we mocked you guys. Actually it had, um, it had, um, uh, Tiger Woods golf too, which was a really great golf game. Really, oh, that would have been so late though. Uh, Tiger Woods is like ninety seven. When did I get it? Yeah, something. Yeah, probably. I think I had. Gen- when did I get the Genesis? Then it would have been later than that. I don't know. No, Genesis wasn't. Uh, it was new when I got when we got it. So Tiger Woods was like. I think Genesis was later. It wasn't uh, Super NES. Must have been before. Must have been before Genesis. No, they came at the same time. Did they really? Yeah, I had Tiger Woods golf. I don't know. I think Gen- yeah, Genesis might even came out earlier. Maybe you got that game later. Yeah, I yeah. But that was a really good one. Uh, but yeah, I, I, it was really for, the, the the Nintendo definitely like saved my winner that way. Like that made it like, like I can see right, you know I, I can enjoy that that winner. And then the Super Nintendo, the next winner, like, and then I had, but then I had friends. It was different. But like that, I remember that one winner, particularly like the second year of New Hampshire. Yeah, my dad's you know was obviously sick beforehand. We don't know what's going on. It's really depressing. And then he gets diagnosed and. It's just, I was obviously awful and, you know, and I had no, fr- I, was, I remember just feeling like, oh, 
just everything just sucked. My uh, the my Nintendo and Atari before that were at my dad's, so I would only see that every other oh. weekend, which was really weird. So, um, like I, for some reason, didn't have like video games in my like my mom's house where I was most yeah. of the time. That was very strange until we got the Genesis and then um, had that for a while. But I I did a I I played the shit out of that. Um, NHL '94. I think I won the cup with like a bunch of teams. Like yeah, I, yeah, I did yeah, it with yeah. Detroit first, and then yeah, right. you know who we were soup the Whalers, whatever. And then the Whalers. Yeah, yeah I'd love it. You know, you yeah. love the Whalers. Put all the like the the big slow guys in and yeah. fucking kick ass. I was there, like that, that that cheap sweep. You go around oh, yeah, go the around net, the net. And you flip around. Yeah, <laughs> I was so good. But then yeah, it was it was uh, it was a Genesis for a while, and then um, later on. I had some as an adult. I had a, a, a couple. Of, I have. Did your I, dad just play the the system when you weren't there all the time? I wonder. I don't remember. I don't know. I don't think he. They, I don't think he cared that much. No. I think he was wondering when we. I remember when we first got the Atari. He was like, "Are you gonna actually play this thing?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> and then I did. Yeah, we had we had an like Atari War, and uh, I can't remember all the other games I got. Um, oh, Pit, War you, Pitfall was so much fun. Did I do Pitfall? I might was have had Pitfall. Safari guy yeah, he jumps on the that's thing. Right. The, uh, yeah, the, the alligators. The alligators. Yeah, yeah. Um, War was like you could be a, d- a bunch of different crafts, and there would be like this maze that you could go through. So you're either a tank or you're a plane. Oh or yeah, you're a, yeah. Okay. That was an interesting one. Um, I, yeah, we had the was it the twenty six hundred right? The uh, or yes, fifty six hundred. I had the twenty six. Yeah, uh, I had I had that one. Which my dad, my dad loved video games. I don't an arcade games. I don't know why we had this like dry spell in the late eighties. We didn't have anything in the house. That doesn't make. We sense. We had a computer. Yeah, but like and we had a word processor. And yeah. I had like um. I had like a computer computer and yeah. uh, there was a, a, like a baseball uh, like manager simulator game I had, but you could only pick, it was only 30 teams you could play and yeah. they were all historical teams. So it's like oh. 27 Yankees, 54 Indies, but they would only play against like you just play a game. There's no season. Oh, one game you didn't have 162. That's well, no. So I had to, then I built my own schedule and then I had them play each other. There you and go. And I kept stats. There you but go. It was like incredibly time consuming. Like the amount of time I played, actually played, managed the game, and the yes. amount of time I did all this back channel stuff was like ten to one. Like I barely. <laughs> <laughs> it was so. I had notebook after notebook after notebook of like these stats of like right. these, you know who ended up winning. Twenty seven Yankees were really good. Yeah, that yeah, they were like monsters. Yeah, they were they were really good. Um, yeah, it was it was just. I remember like the 90 reds were the most recent team. So it's kind of fun being them, but like they would get like their ass destroyed by like the 61. Oh, Yankees, of course. Like yeah. just annihilate them. Um, poor, yeah. poor Jose Rio is like getting, you know, Maris going deep, males going deep. <laughs> and, but yeah, but, I'm, but so that like kind of kept like, but even that it's like, uh, was it the same lineup every time too, or or would like you a new make, pitcher? You, know, you had the bench, but like the bench is pretty limited. So like as manager, you could like make a couple changes. Well, was it a different starting pitcher every time too? You could have different okay, starters. Okay. Yeah. All right, that's cool. You had the rotation. That's, right. That's pretty good. I mean, it sucks that you had to keep your own score, like stats, right. yes. but beyond that, I think that's still pretty pretty good for it was that. Something time. to do. I mean, like yeah, no, you know, I had I didn't have a Nintendo at the house. There was nothing else to do. So when we got the Nintendo, I was like, oh god, if I don't, you know, you know who who did love Nintendo was my uh, my grandfather on my my mom's side. Like after oh, really? he re- after he retired, he bought a he bought a nintendo and he used to play the remote control like this like with his Matt two like yeah Matt, you know what i mean not like not with your thumbs but with your your uh, pointer middle finger which i thought was kind of cute for an old guy that's pretty, um he loved super mario bros who'd kick the shit out of that game that's loved pretty it. good yeah that was kind of his, his retirement i just got fun. mlb the show i know you did uh, i know 2020 wait you got hurt is, though but you're back i'm back oh, wait yeah. are you a pitcher i'm a pitcher so i'm yeah. doing the road of the show which means you um you kind of start off in the minor leagues and you work your way up so i, went, I was in double a got promoted to triple a well done thank you and uh i'm in triple a yeah i got i got pulled out of a game with a hamstring injury i started to freak Ooh, out that is rough. only missed uh i didn't even miss a start how frustrating will that be though if you if that's a nagging injury that keep that takes you out of i guess it could happen but they said i'm healed so 
I mean, I'm only 19 in the game now because I'm in the second year. Because you start off at 18. Yeah, but how do you know which pitcher? Like, it, can do you? Can you just can you soup up on nutrition or like can you do? You can, can you decide exercises just to make sure that you're not having those problems. I don't know if you can do it that. Uh, if you can maybe you can do things to like target your fastball, right? But you can also do things to target like your fielding, your stamina. Yeah. So I don't know if there's stuff I can do for my health as well. I wonder because you could be, you could have all the talent in the world and just, know. you know, not just not have your health. I'm Might very nervous. Carry wood and be over. It could be over. I'm very nervous. Yeah. It's gonna happen. So, I'll, but I'm in the Tampa Bay Rays system. I'm in triple. I'm in triple A right now. With oh, the you'll get called. They're shitty. You'll get called. They're not, yeah, 2022 Rays. That's what you know. Obviously, I'm in the second year now, so it's 2022. They, they don't seem to be very good, but they haven't. I'm hoping for a late season call. I'm in July right now. I'm hoping September they call me up. I'm hoping to a couple I hope spot you get there, starts. Yeah. That would be great. And then go in. Oh man, it's it's fun though. It's it's really fun. They do a good job. Are you blast. are you actually playing the game or is it like yeah. a Okay, I'm, I'm playing. I'm, I'm, but I'm only. I'm the pitcher. I'm the starting pitcher. Yep. So like when I don't play, it just sims. You know. Okay. So you, does it sim in, instantly, or do you actually for, have to watch for? Oh, for like it's like a it's lightning quick. Okay. Yeah. Right on. And then yeah, and then even when like I'm not. So when I pitch, then like the other, you know, my team is hitting. So it just goes boom, 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 boom. Yeah. And, and then I go back. And then you're back out. Yeah, yeah, That's better. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's you 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 crank through a game in like 20, 25 minutes. So oh okay, not bad. If you were in the national team, you'd have to bat though. National League team, yes, I would have to bat, and I'm terrible at hitting. I don't, I don't like hitting. It's not fun for me in the game. I just don't, I don't. It's just, I don't. I really love starting pitching. Yeah. If you're into baseball, I just love striking. I just love the changing pitches. I just that's what I love. To oh, do. it's tactical. Yeah, so, it's not reactive. It's proactive. I think that's part of it. Yeah. yeah. So I really enjoy. So I would be annoyed if I had to hit. So even though I'm very much in real life, I'm very much anti th in video game life. That's interesting. Pro th. I am pro th. Not surprised. I just think most American League fans are. No, it's just it's not. I just don't think it's a better. Unfortunately, the problem is the pitchers are too much of wimps right now. Like they're only really focusing on pitching. They're not focusing on the the you know both sides of the game. So I just I just think the way the game has gone, they they can't do it. If they were better athletes now, I mean from both sides of the plate, pitchers then it would are be fine. Athletes now than they've ever been from one side of the plate, not from the other. I, they're just they're not better athletes. They're better. They're, I mean, people are better athletes. Yeah, but they ever. can't hit. Like they, they just. I mean, Jacob Degrom has tons of hits. How many? What's his batting average right now this season? Well, no, it's I mean probably over, career, four hundred career though. Career. I don't know. His career. He's not like a three hundred hitter. No, 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 no. I'm just, but and he would be. But there weren't a lot of three hundred hitters in 1958 either. No, but he's still an anomaly now. Like you'd still have way better hit. You think of Babe Ruth? You got Babe Ruth hit. Oh, yes, no, anomaly. but I'm just saying. <laughs> yes. I'm just saying. Like there Tom were. Drys was probably a better example. Okay, but that was more. I mean, pitchers had to hit then, where now they just don't have to anymore. So they kind of well, breathe out of you. Nationally, I know, but I don't think you tell. Maybe you know better than I do, but I think you know if you're a pitcher, then you're you're. I'd say most managers are, I mean, are kind of like like this well, is It's okay. Issue. We'll just concentrate on that. No, that's not that's not what's happening. Uh, but I mean, pitchers have never been able to hit because they are more focused on pitching. So it's yeah, absolutely right. and, they're, and they're pitchers by nature. And that hasn't. It's not a 2020 problem. That's been a problem in the 30s and 40s too. But it's a. Pro- but I like it especially because a it. The games go a little quicker. Nationally, games are always a little faster. That's true. I like that. Part. Um, but the thing I really love about it is just the strategy. So you take the pitcher out. So now, well, you know, who do I? You use your full team or using the full. That's bench. true. You do get to more to tinker. With. I like. I like. So whenever I'm simming a game or playing a game as a manager only, I always choose no DH because it's boring just to have the lineup go. Oh, you know. Yeah, just, I can see that. I, I like the extra strategy involved. And then when I was in New York with the Mets, it was so much fun watching National League baseball day in and day out because uh, I, you might see a double switch. Well, it's just like I'm seeing more player. You're seeing more. You see, there's more strategy involved in your innings yes. with pinch hitters, pinch runners. When do you take this guy out? 
right do you double switch here do you not i know these are small things but they add up it's a lot more fun just watching uh, to me it's a lot more fun i know that's people, true but people also always say hey without a dh you wouldn't have david ortiz edgar martinez i'm like well you'd probably still have them but they would be in the field which could also be fun to watch it could Jeez, um, ortiz in the field well he'd be fine at first base but i just don't no I, I don't love the but you know what however i feel it doesn't matter because the dh will be gone next year so i mean i'm sure the dh will be here next year uh there'll be dh in both leagues next year is that what's happening yeah yeah wow it's gonna be a, it's a near certainty wow because well if there's base one next year probably i'm surprised that they have the cash to do that right now i'm surprised because they've uh basically baseball has been trying to do that for a long time but well, everyone just, wants it everybody does but now it's going to be a bargaining chip uh, yeah. because they're having a new cba next year we're, oh well, yeah we'll see what happens i mean there's going to be a strike but hopefully i'm wrong uh but everyone agrees on it so the owners are going to use that as a chip mm. and be like hey we'll give you the dh in the national the national league but then we want x from your end and they're gonna right. be like well no you guys want the dh you know and then we'll go back and forth but yeah. uh yeah bargaining so far has been very that's interesting very contentious the two sides there hasn't been this much hate since 95 94 95 oh hate's good that's not good it's not good you want people to agree to a, a collective bargaining agreement eh. you don't want them to hate each other eh. i'll be very sad there's no baseball next year so no that would be that would be tough for yes i'll be very upset yeah i'm already grumpy enough as it is be, well that's the truth so all right Anything else you want to move on to the headlines. history and the headlines? Uh, Nia People's Party Machine debuted oh. uh, this week in 1991. Did you do? You, do you remember this? I vaguely remember late this. night, right? Late night. Here with this very. This is our senior production, like Friday or Saturdays, maybe. Timmy Key so. and time after time. So what they would do? So Nia People's kind of walks around this club. And there's all these people dancing, and yeah. she's interviewing people. She'll stop by and interview someone, stop by and interview someone else, and then there'll be these live performances. Well, like, it's like American Bandstand. It's, but just, just yeah, but in like a club. Right, yeah, right. yeah, it, yeah. It has been the same. It's almost like Solid Gold plus American Bandstand. Yeah. It's kind of this. It's a little bit hipper for the right, time. They tried really hard to make it. Hip. I remember the fonts. They did. And I remember yes. they tried really hard to make yeah. it cool. I remember watching this little kid being like, "Is this what cool is? Like, you don't, you know, like right? Is this it's very strange? Yeah. Um, uh, also, the musician. This is uh, uh oh, Timmy. Wait, wait, no. Time Time's a song by Timmy T. Oh, that's a lot to say. Timmy T, Time Time. Um, the, he's lip syncing in this, so it's kind of annoying to watch. But mm. but it was just kind of an interesting so little snapshot. Band stand too, though, so. Yeah. I think so, right? I guess. Uh, uh, were they? Maybe yeah. later days? I don't know. I don't but know. regardless. Anyway, it was interesting. I think it lasted a season and then. I do it. remember it, though. I remembered it, too. I saw it. I was like, wait a minute. Um, the Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson. The Canadian fresh, sprinter? Yes, fresh off being uh, stripped yes. from his gold medal in 1988. Uh, this was his first race back, and he placed second oh. in his first race back this week. And then uh, the third thing, this is all ramp up to Persian Gulf. So Congress empowers Bush one to uh, to attack Iraq to defend um, Kuwait like yeah. this week. So where are we? January of 91? 91. Oh, shit, yeah. yeah this is exactly the Super Bowl when, uh, when Houston, right? It's I yeah. don't remember that connection. That's the uh, the Bills Giants Super Bowl, yeah. yeah. That's the one where Houston sang the national anthem, right? I I believe so. That's when like that's when shit was remember. real. Yeah, yeah. So right, so, right. We're only a couple weeks away from that. Yeah, so that is. Yeah, Congress had ju- so Congress had met earlier in the week, and then gave yeah, Bush one. This is a ramp go. up to that. Yeah, yep. th- things get heavy real soon. Right, right. Probably the next week. Yeah, it's. Uh, Luckily, it didn't last long. Um, and you know, on the good side, on the good side of things, at least Bush one got congressional approval before he moved the military, which is unlike every other president since him. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was, uh, this is what was didn't help things long term. Oh fuck no, destabilize. I mean, that region has always been you know a problem, or has been a problem for a long time, and we keep destabilizing it. Right. Or uh, yeah, or Western act, you know, activists 
um, keeps you stabilizing. And it, it's, it's yeah, 91. We're still talking about it in two twenty, you know, 2020, 30 years later, still heavily involved there. It's crazy. It's like, it's time. It's, 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 that's enough. Yeah. I've had enough world police bullshit. Um, hate that shit. So we are back next week with a big show. Which one? Uh, so next week we have, we're going, uh, to 1989, uh, August of 89. We're covering Batman. Oh yeah. The original Batman with Michael Keaton, uh, Jack Nicholson, huge movie. Huge one. Back to back blockbusters. Yeah. Big one. Uh, home one and Batman. And then, uh, the Patreon show for next week will be, uh, abyss. That's right. The abyss. Uh, I, Cameron. I really want to see the director's cut. I know, I know, I know, I know, but it actually, the movie makes sense when you watch the director's cut. It, it makes such a difference. We've got to cover the feature film. Though. I know it makes me upset because um, I'm going to, uh, cause the problem is I'm going to have a hard, I'm going to grade it differently. That sucks. It sucks. The, the, what they, it's what they put out there. Though. The abyss. What, that, if you were a critic in 19, 19- 89 you would have covered that original version i i know i know if you were a moviegoer i know i just remember watching it a few years later because i watched the yeah. original and then i watched it a few years later i was like oh i get it well that led to titanic that's why he insisted on creative control too for that well yeah. that makes sense i, I led to a lot of those power struggles i mean obviously for t2 but then he finally had the cloud but he, he really yeah. wanted creative control. that was like a big thing with him yeah uh and anyway then, that's big and then awakenings this week and then peter show tomorrow is tomorrow. awakenings right um so with uh damn yankees high enough that's right so, uh, Awakenings and Danny Awakenings, uh, Robert De Niro, Robin Williams. I know it's a movie. Maybe people don't talk about a ton now. Um, but, uh, uh, look it up, check it out. If, if you, uh, if you have some time working for a movie to kind of catch up, play along with, watch that one. And then uh, we'll be talking about it tomorrow. See ya.